Gonna Go Pizza presents SCP. The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. Well, uh, the moment has finally come. We're finally here. Uh, Steve's back from vacation in Scotland. I hope they toughened you up over there. Oh, definitely. No, no, no. I, I find them to be a kind-hearted people who yeah, never yeah. rib you at all. We, yeah, never no, they, they didn't repulse the Romans and the Brits and everybody else. <laughs> that you know. Um, I hope they toughened you up because sitting to your left is the one and only Nick Kiprios. Finally joining us on the Steve Dangle podcast. It's been a while. It, it, it has. You know, we've Nick, it's, it's so great to have you here. We've wanted you here. Always, we've always wanted yes. to have you on, but Thanks. especially after, especially after we're going, we're going right into yes. this. There was a particular moment. Why not? Why not? Right? You called. You called. Yes, Steve. Not. I don't think you called him a loser. I think you said his mentality was a loser's mentality. That's the point that I wanted to make. Right. Absolutely. Uh-huh. How social media took it <laughs> is entirely different, and I got lambasted. I also got. Uh, good for you. So it was a nice mixture <laughs> of of both, but the the perception was that I called uh, Steve a loser, right? Which, Adam, to your point, wasn't the was was not the point I was trying to make, <laughs> right, and right. I didn't want it to come across that way. But people interpreted it that way. Well, your social media is such a uh, uh, <laughs> such a it's um, a fun place. It is. It's such a uh, a great jury, isn't it? You know, they, oh. they really they really do listen to everything that yes. you say and really recant it back exactly the way you said it, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and to be honest with you, like, you know, I did not know much about uh, Steve. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about, like, his style. Uh, that was all kind of new to me uh, when they first showed that part of... Uh, of the uh, of the piece that you did on Tank Nation, yeah, <laughs> right. The night before, producer Paul Bromby contacted me. He's like, "Hey, man, can we use this video on TV?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course." <laughs> and then this happened, you know. And <laughs> and at the time, you know, it, it was a very sensitive subject. And and to, yeah. me, to to me, Steve, it's still a sensitive subject. We can talk. You about know, it. just the, the that whole concept. Well, can I can I play the clip because I actually have it here. Is that, would, would, oh, would you guys be okay it. with that? Is that all right? Go all right, for here it. we go, here we go. The whole thing disgraceful. I think Steve Dangle in his rant, he doesn't come across anything but a big loser. And, and <laughs> yeah. That's a seven second clip, and yeah. it was obviously recorded. Okay, on well, TV. there it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't uh, come across as anything but a big loser. It doesn't the, mean The mentality, uh, the, the thought process, and my whole thing on that whole tank nation is that it's it's all about the integrity of the game it's all about the integrity of the players on the ice i've been on bad teams mm-hmm. i've been on teams that have got rid of veterans for younger players i know when i was in hartford and we started trading some veterans for draft picks that were two or three years down the road and and myself and a few of the other veterans like Pat Verbeek and and uh, other guys would be just shaking our heads, going, uh, "How's that helping us?" Right, right. Like, you know, our, our our draft pick right now is in the maternity ward. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's not helping me now. So it's like it's 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 insulting for the players on the ice to sit there and say everybody's in cahoots that they want to go get a draft pick and start building for the future when the here and now um it's not helping anybody 
Well, and it's 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 funny because you know it, on paper you're right. It, it, like on paper from from those who have never been in an NHL dress, you're yes. like, really. I mean, anybody that's played a team sport it doesn't matter how bad you are, you still want to win, yeah. right? You, of course, you, you show up, you want to win. Yeah. Um, but then, but, but then, on paper it looks great. Yeah. And, and then on top of that. I'm still learning about, you know, Steve and while I'm used to kind of like the objective analysis, <laughs> I find out he's super fan, yeah. Leaf super fan, which throws objected, being objective out the window. It's, it's fourth down and long and Steve's punting on being objective. Well, you know, and I, I don't think you have to explain explain that. I think we we all no. kind of knew, and that's what was so funny about that situation was was especially you know you guys got together and took the picture afterwards and that sort of thing. But it was such a funny moment, and I forgive me, Steve, but no, for no, no. I said to my girlfriend, who's now my fiance at the time, I said that is the best thing that's ever happened to Steve's career. <laughs> Honestly, so, and she's like, I agree, so, I completely so, agree. You know, and and the other thing too is. Uh, I didn't really, you know, I didn't know him at all. Mm -hmm. And here we are, what, almost two years later. And uh, yeah. I still don't know you really that well. <laughs> but I know of you. I know your style. I know your work. And, uh, you know, from a personal, you know, perspective, you know, I, I love listening to him because he's so passionate. That's the number one thing as a broadcaster you want to come across to your listener is that you care and you're passionate from grapes to anyone else. When you come across that way, people may not agree with you, but they appreciate that you are so in on what you're talking about. And, and he's got that. The hand movement, very animated. I'm green. <laughs> half Italian. Right, half Italian. Yeah, you, that whole Mediterranean, Mediterranean thing, yeah, right? Uh, Where you're, the hands are going, <laughs> the facial expression. I mean, how long before he gets his own cartoon? Right, right. Well, oh, needed. I, I think needed. I love that, right? for sure. I would love that. And so, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. You know, and, and anyone listening out there, I will not put him in a headlock. I know a few people have Why not? Uh, we were kind of hoping for me. that. <laughs> all right, well, Steve moves we're, we're, we're going to have to spike a few things in, uh, in the coffee and the water. Nick, you know, I, yep. I, I have to say, uh, you know, your career has been very, very interesting. Did you ever see yourself when uh, when you were playing for the Hartford Whalers, did you ever see yourself as one of the marquee names of oh, Hockey Night gosh. Canada? I, I don't know. No, absolutely not. But, you know, I, I will say this, you know, for anybody listening that, uh, while you can never predict anything that uh, has gone on for me in 18 years, you, you do want to try to put yourself in a position where you you kind of, you're in the here and now, but you want to kind of protect your future a little bit by, by doing certain things. And throughout my career, I can honestly say that I... Did not shy away from the media, interviews, opportunities to go meet people. Uh, I always told the PR department, if there's anything you, th you feel like uh, that would be good for us or me, uh, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the latter part of my career as a Leaf, uh, I never turned down a chance to go into the studio to talk to, uh, you know, guys like Gord Stellick at the time on uh, uh, Fan 590. Uh, Howard Berger be chasing everybody around with the mic. Go go talk to him if he's looking for you. Uh, even with the Rangers, you know we won the cup. 
after you know a few days after the parade and you know the mayor's office and all of that everybody kind of disappeared i'm like where are you guys going the next day i get a call uh mtv beach house you know you You did that few few uh supermodels hanging around oh that's that sounds like a bummer i'm in i'm in so we'd be in the hamptons with the stanley cup uh throwing out first pitches at Yankee Stadium with Messier and Leach. I mean, anything that I, I would try to gravitate to that. So at the end of my career, uh, I, of course, had uh, that concussion uh, that contemplated retirement. And then that's when the second sports station in the country nationally started up in 1998. Scott Moore's idea on a on a napkin turned into... Uh, what is now the number one uh, sports brand in Canada? Amazing. Well, and uh, I, I, I don't know if you knew it at the time, but um, you were hanging around with, with some prominent future broadcasters, and you're one of uh, a very small group of people that can say, uh, you had Pierre Maguire as your head coach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. So, yes, a lot of people can say that, uh, you know, uh, you know what? Pierre's done an unbelievable job as a as an analyst. Uh, NBC. It doesn't get much better than that. Uh, I remember in '94 we'd always have these hot stoves, so we'd uh, we'd sit in the lobby of the hotel, and it would be myself, Glenn Healy, uh, Eddie Olchuk, uh, Mike Hartman, uh, a few of us, and and we'd be talking about. Uh, where we were going to be in 15 or 20 years and everybody heels tv mm-hmm. eddie olchuk tv kipper djing on mtv somewhere. <laughs> you know, vj right, right dj yeah. or vj yeah. uh and you know sure enough you know two out of three or three out of three you know we all went on and have pretty good broadcasting careers um but the opportunity's there for the players mm-hmm. <clears throat> the question is do you embrace it or do you shy away from it most of my teammates don't want to go out there. They, they understand that there's a responsibility and they're stand-up guys, so they do it. But some would rather just uh, go shower, get dressed, and go home. Are you, are you trying to say Phil Kessel is not going to be a coworker of yours <laughs> in, in the future? Or when you, when you win a Stanley Cup, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah you know? really, right? Oh, that's right. Phil Kessel is a Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> I, for, I forgot about that. I for, uh, that's I right. About that. Yeah, you know, I, we've talked about it on the show a lot, and and I think actually this is kind of the perfect time to bring it up. And I didn't even think that we would, but Nick, there seems to be in hockey more than any other sport a reluctance to be a personality. And we see it with with what happens to people when they become personalities. Now, I'm not saying Sean Avery handled it well, but Sean Avery was a personality yes. of the game. Brett Hall was a personality yes. of the game. P.K. Subban is a personality on the game. And and every single time these players come along, it seems like they are um, they are seen as as a, a bad thing, as a distraction. Yeah, well, it's it's a distra- it's a discra- distraction when the team loses okay let's be perfectly clear that when you win you can get away with a lot and when montreal was having those nice runs in the playoffs uh and pk was still pk there wasn't a lot of talk about distractions mm-hmm. about his brand about the other things that he was doing on the side exactly it was there you know? it wasn't as prominent it, w- it, but it was yeah. there yeah. but 
it's always there. People know it's there, mm-hmm. but it's you can't knock it. You can't knock it. We're winning. He's playing great. Things are going well. Camilleri at the time was uh, the hottest scorer in the playoffs. It was all good. It was all good. But the moment you start losing and you continue to get yourself out there in various ways, and even though it's positive, you know, all his stuff with the hospital, positive, there's still the thought that perhaps if you spent a little bit more time, you know, around the team or even not getting yourself out there, the perception will be that your your energy and your focus is on turning the team around opposed to going out there and enhancing your brand. And PK is a guy that leaves it all on the ice. You never question uh, his commitment, his here and that now is is great. But the moment he left the rink and the team was doing lousy and missing the playoffs and, 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 and one of their worst runs in franchise history... There are people in that organization that say, okay, that's too much. That's too much and not enough attention here, and that's going to cause a friction uh, within the organization. Devil's advocate, though, uh, when Price was gone, Subban was still their best player. So why wouldn't, yes. why don't players who aren't PK Subban, who aren't as good, get a yeah. little more heat? Uh and not just from the fans, yeah. from the management. Yeah, well, particularly Listen, from the management. That, that's that's going to happen uh, now. It's just PK was such a polarizing figure that the focus was always uh, on PK. And now that he's gone, and you've got a guy who's a lot, you know, more reserved in in Weber. You watch come September, October on Pacioretty now. Pacioretty's going to get a lot more attention mm-hmm. now that PK's gone. He should okay? not be stoked. <laughs> and, you know, and P- he's a good player, but he's going to have to be able to score 35 or 40 goals and get them in a playoff race for him to not have, um, you know, th- that negative attention come his way because now the focus is going to be on other players now that PK's gone in Montreal. Do you think that? I mean, since we're on the topic, do you think they made a mistake? Do I think they made a mistake? I, I like PK Subban. I think in today's game, uh, he's he's perfect for it. He's dynamic. Uh, he's great skater. Uh, big shot. Uh, lateral movements, fantastic. He loves holding on to the puck and making plays. Uh, you know, in the puck possession world, uh, you know, I mean, there's going to be situations where he falls and gives up the uh, the, the 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 late goal yep. which was so um so overblown so, i got to say I, in many ways it was and, and in his team many didn't ways it was really even cover for him but uh overall uh i i would not have made a trade for a 31 year old Shea Weber to me that's got plan b written all over it you want to go pk suban norris trophy winner $9 million defenseman to Nashville, then Yossi's coming the other way, right? Guy in his mid-20s, that makes sense. Not 31-year-old Shea Weber, who could still be great for, I would think, two, three more years, but PK's upside is seven or eight more years. Uh, and to me, it, it wasn't, 
apples to apples. Yossi for PK would have been apples to apples for me. So I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the guy who broke that trade. Um, and that's- that, was, that was quite the day. I think a lot of people are going to remember that day because uh, I think it was the trifecta. Uh, Taylor Hall, yeah, PK Subban, yeah. and then Stamkos uh, resigning. All within like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, fifteen minutes. I was on a train to Liverpool, going. Yeah, ah! <laughs> yeah. I couldn't Missing believe. It. You know, yeah. we had talked about I, you know, on Hockey Central at noon with Doug McLean and Darren Millard. We had talked about PK all year, and right from the get go, you know, the the feeling was, especially with that 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 blow up earlier in the year, uh, Columbus, if I'm not mistaken, where he fell. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. It was early Jesse though, before Christmas. <laughs> I think. I'm in Jesse's my summer already. mode, <laughs> but uh, uh, it just seemed with their reaction of not backing up their star player that that was for me the tea leave that read he's done. Yeah. No, they right. Adam's hmm. looking confused. You, they threw him right under Latobus. Well, I mean, well, the, right. Michel Therrien did in the in the in the press 100%. conference after, right? A hundred percent. That I remember. But yeah. do you mean do you mean the play on the ice too? Because what I saw and I I saw he Mike, lost an edge. He lost an edge trying to go wide. Yeah. And then they came back, and I remember breaking down this uh, this particular uh, goal where it, it it started off as an odd man rush, but actually Pacioretty came back and, and covered the play on a three-on-three. Three. So it's Colorado, not Columbus. I knew okay. it started well, with a C, C, right? Same colors, and, almost. And Patch, so Markov's back. It's an odd man rush, and Pacioretty actually comes into the play, but he takes the high guy and then leaves him. And then that creates a, a two-on-one down low. So they were okay. For me, Tarion needed to emphasize more on the fact that we were in position and we did not pick up the right check. But he, he didn't really do that. It was all about PK. And to me, it was really simple. Either you're going to protect your star player mm-hmm. and go down with the ship on that particular play or you're going to bail on him. And they bailed on him, and to me, that was it. That was it. He is done. He's got a no-move clause kicking in July 1st. The mandate will be to trade P.K. Subban before then. It's so crazy because I had heard just all over the world, yeah, yeah, they're thinking about trading him, but I never really believed they would do it. I never really believed yeah. they would do it. Like, when when do you think it materialized? Because I think, oh, think Bergevin said the draft. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's... Uh, you know, we were at the draft, and there, it got hot and heavy on the PK. He came out and said, we're not shopping him. Do people want to ask questions? Yeah, he totally downplayed it. Um, but behind the scenes, we know what was happening. Mm-hmm. So so he. Are, do you think he was shocked? Do you think they made active phone calls, or do you think people called, started calling them after, say, a moment like that? And oh, thought, no, no. I, like I said, Adam, the mandate was to get him out. So let's get the best deal possible. L- lose the nine million where we we feel like we're we're overvalued there, mm-hmm. and uh, and let's move forward. So whatever you want, whatever however you want, however you want to say it, they did not want to go into next season with PK uh, and his no move clause in effect. Wow. So uh, I think the Shea Weber thing probably happened really quick. I don't think that was a deal that. Uh, 
that started six months ago, right? Not mm-hmm. a chance. Not a chance. I think that was the, we're not going to give you Yossi, but we'll give you Shea Weber. So a lot of people talk about, uh, why didn't you go get Taylor Hall for P.K. Subban? That would have been better. That's a lot of Montreal Canadian fans saying that. Um, there's just no way that you're going to go to Carey Price, who you're going to try to resign in a couple of years and make him your franchise guy and, and maybe the highest paid goalie in the world. You're not going to look him in the eye and say, we just gave up a 26-minute man uh, and we're not getting a defenseman back. Look at that defense without PK Subban or Shea Weber. So it's pretty rough. You're you're not yeah. you're not looking you're not looking sh- uh, Carey Price in the eye and say I just traded uh, PK Subban and I didn't get a. So they had to kind of make that that move. They had to get a defenseman uh, back. Um, but we did get your team Canada to teammate. Doesn't that make you feel good? It's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of an easier yeah, sell. Yeah, because PK didn't make yeah. Team yeah. Canada either. Oh, but I didn't even think of that. But it's funny because uh, like I was really on this story months before and uh the first the first uh message i received that day was it could happen today so i sent that tweet out before i sent the other tweet out and then uh i was talking to tim from the tim and sid show and they said that the the newsroom just stopped (laughs) cold (laughs) when i sent the first one and then it was like you know, a complete explosion in the in the uh, uh, the assignment desk area when uh, when I said that uh, the deal was done for Shea Weber. So he said that uh, that was uh, a memorable memorable moment. Uh, you know, in in, in Sportsnet uh, with the assignment desk that PK Subban got I, traded. Must for me, I've, day. I've, I've done a lot. Of, I've broken a lot of trades over my eighteen years. That one will be uh, by far the the best one. Oh, wow. how do you top that? Yeah, yeah I can't. How top do you top that. that in today's NHL? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or and the fact that just the very fact that it's um, it's PK too, a guy that mm-hmm. by all rights should have never been traded. Period. Like he should have just stayed in Montreal. It's I the mean, quality but, of the player. It's the right. personality. It's what he meant to the city. It's so, so many, many things, things. Yeah. and that's just yeah. one half of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the other half is like a gold medalist, twenty gold yeah. defenseman captain of the team that he was traded from which no one mentioned you know just and just to pick up our our earlier conversation you know the attention that pk suban gets in 2016 20 years ago would have never happened you know to to your point earlier that guys are more conservative and they don't want to look out of place and they all kind of want to mix in and but he's he's one of those players that says you know you you can do it all and i think he was doing it all i think he was uh, an all-star player he was uh, a go-to guy on the team uh a leader and yet he wanted his his off ice to be everything about you know the game or himself and what he's able to do and the mountains he's able to move whether it's a, a 10 million dollar donation to the hospital um, or other various uh, things that he's involved with, you know, he's the type of guy that says, I, I can do it all. I can do it all. And my game doesn't have to suffer. And I, I think he was able to do that. People in Montreal say, no, no, he was not able to do that. Do you, do you think that, I mean, cause quite honestly, here's, here's how I see the shaking down is Terry and Terry could be through two jobs before PK's contracts up. 
right? Like, I mean, it, do you think that this Montreal management group, uh, you know, th- the team will probably be better this year just by virtue of the fact that Carey Price will be healthy, we assume. Yeah. Um, but long term, this is going to be probably a blight on both of their careers, Bergevin and Terrian. Without a doubt, um, especially for Bergevin, right? Uh, because he did downplay it. He did downplay the the PK Subban trade talks when history will show that um, it was a complete opposite. So where this leads the Montreal Canadiens in the next two or three years will really be, I think, uh, the thing that people will remember, you know, Mark Bergevin uh, um, stint in Montreal, that this one is is the capper. It's a fork in the road right now for Montreal, right? Shea Weber comes in and and is a and leads them to the playoffs. You know, or maybe even, you know, get to a, a semifinal or a final four. I mean, Carey Price, you don't ever underestimate Carey Price and his ability to carry a team. That's right. the one position, right? It's like mm-hmm. having your star pitcher for game 7 on the mound. Yep. So he can win it all by Unless himself. your star pitcher is David Price. Right. It's it's <sighs> funny because you ask, I think you ask a lot of people who hated so, the trade from Montreal's perspective. Yeah. If you said, uh, you know, crystal ball, you shake it and you go, the Habs win you two know, rounds next year. Yeah. Most of them go, yeah, I believe it. Right. I believe it. So but, can, can Shea Weber at 35 score you 15 goals and still be a, a top defenseman? That to me is what I'm more interested in opposed to, you know, next year, whether they sneak into the playoffs well we got to wrap just here for just a sec i'm going to go to commercials we'll come back we got to talk about taylor hall uh adam larson uh, and a whole bunch of other things you know nick especially the beginning of your career because i'm i'm really fascinated about a some of your playing stuff b how the transition to broadcasting came about so we'll talk mm-hmm. about that next nick kiprios on the steve dangle podcast on sportsnet 590 the fan so Nick Kiprios is joining us on the Steve Dangle podcast. Hard as that is to believe, we have a real legitimate sports guy in the studio. Uh, um, you know, we like to play about, play at that. We like to talk about it, but we really, I mean, it's it's great to have you here, Nick. And and you know, an athlete, you, an athlete, yeah, not even not even just a sports commentator, a guy who actually are hashtag you, are, played are the you, game. Are you not turning into an athlete? Are you not training? Are you like what happened? I'm training, but man, I just I love pasta, yeah. chips and chocolate. <laughs> can I tell you, can I tell you a story just, about this morning? Can I, yeah, I, let me hear it. So so Steve's, oh, Steve's and, and you do TV a lot, and as a TV, per, I, I do TV a lot too, you might not know that, but uh, and and Steve, Steve's kind of worried about what it's going to be like if he has to do some TV. So I guess he's come back from Scotland, and he thinks that he's, he's overweight. Um, and thinks he's going to look bad on TV. So this morning he's like, guys, I, I can't even have a coffee. Uh, I'm I'm going to have to have a green tea. Um, so Go I'm, the green tea. So eh? I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> from not, you, not what are they saying about uh, green tea? It burns more calories, or like what's 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 green tea have over coffee? I started this thing called intermittent fasting, and they tell you to so have green tea. So you didn't eat yesterday either. <laughs> no, no, I did a 24 hour fast. It sucked. Okay. It sucked a lot. Just. <laughs> I uh, see you, you gave it away just before I think we came on air or you, you said it already. Just it's the chocolate, right? It's uh, oh yeah. So it's two things, bread and sugar, man. You got to get it out of your diet. I know. Because Nick, you're still in great shape. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, but the last last little while, see, I got we got World Cup coming up, right? right? So usually I'm not, you know, we'll do one or two leaf exhibition games towards the latter part of September and then we'll kick it in October but 
I got to go to work. I got to go to work next week. We're doing uh, preview shows, and I think the 8th or the 9th, we got an exhibition game. This season is going to be absolutely so, ridiculous. Long, and then, and then long. Every, every day. So we got two games, uh, a 3 o'clock and a 7 o'clock, starting as uh, early as, uh, I think, September 17th. It'll... You know, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm like with like many at at the beginning, you're like, okay, what's this going to be like? They're going with what? A North American team and the team Europe. And it's like, is it gimmicky? And that sounds kind of gimmicky to me. Who but, said that? You know, <laughs> is that your, was that your, one of yours? We're so, trying to figure out what national anthem yeah. they play when some of Europe wins. Yeah. So, <laughs> team I mean, I, I'm there with everybody else wondering, but then you're sitting there going, okay, I mean, can you picture a, a Toronto scalper saying, who's looking for Latvia? Anybody need Latvia? Austria, who's looking for a pair for us? No. So, you know, I think it's better off with McDavid, you know, and a North American team mm-hmm. there than having some of the weaker nations there that, you know, nobody wants to go see a 8-1 score. Right. So this one at least has some intrigue. Any way you look at it, if, if you're one of the best hockey players in the world, you're playing in this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like to have... The best hockey players in the world in in one tournament under one roof, to me, they're nothing better. Except for PK. Yeah, PK will not <laughs> yeah, except for PK. Except for PK. PK stands for Phil Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does what so, is that? What is that? Why why Olympics? Why yeah. I mean he did technically make the Olympic team, but uh, what's the deal there? You know what? When you they they they've got this left and right shot thing, right? They're they're married to it. So, you know, so J- Keith is Jay out. Bomeister really the Keith's better option? Keith's out. Bomeister comes in, left shot, left shot. Uh, Bomeister comes in as a as a partner already with uh, Petrangelo. So they and love he's that. A, he's mm-hmm. a minute eater too. So, yeah. you know, he's been under the umbrella. He's thrived under the umbrella. They've won with him. There's a real loyalty, right, with Hockey Canada. I can't blame him for that. So... Does PK come in and replace Duncan Keith? Not according to the blueprint that Hockey Canada's had for many years now. Fair enough. And, and as, they do win. <laughs> as for it being a gimmick, you know, I was looking at the rosters uh, yesterday and I was going through the top 50 scores in the NHL last season. They're almost all there. Right. They're almost all going to be in this tournament. And yeah. there are a bunch I left. You know, up. I will say this that, you know, besides. The North American team, Team Europe, that that to me is not uh, here or there. To me, it's just about how how hard can the guys play coming out of summer mode. That's the only thing I will sit there and say, and I may have my answers early as an exhibition game or game one, Canada versus Czech Republic uh, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But that is how hard will they play. So... I was golfing with Stamkos maybe about a month ago. As one does. And, yeah, and he, and he told me that Babcock's calling the guys all the time. All the time. You ready? You in shape? You, re- you good to go? So I'm thinking, you know, if, if, if Stamkos can say that and kind of feel Babcock's energy on how important it is for them, then they're going to be ready. You know, I heard... Uh, 
Crosby uh, has got a bunch of guys out in Nova Scotia the last uh, few days. Nathan McKinnon, probably right? one of them, and they so, were doing Tim Hortons together. Yes. Uh, you uh, know what? I, I, I'm not sure if it was just exclusive Team Canada, mm-hmm. right? Or if there was a few other guys, but I heard uh, a lot of them revolved around uh, Team Canada guys. Amazing. Brad Marchand. Yes. So, you know... They're, they're, they're getting ready for this thing. They're getting ready for this. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. Nobody wants to make, uh, you know, their, their respective club or country, you know, look bad. So they come and play hard. You're the best players in the world. It's going to be entertaining. And it's in Canada. Mm-hmm. If you need that extra motivation. Yeah, a, really. A team I wouldn't sleep on if we're talking about motivation, Russia. They love any tournament. Right. Any tournament. Yeah. Now flawed, yeah, but you know what they too? love it. Uh again, they're they're questionable on, on the on the blue line, mm-hmm. but you know, there's also a ton of pressure on them, you know, not being able to get it done in Sochi and you know, it's a it, it's always been a proud federation and they have not had success mm-hmm. like they, they would have. I think there's nothing that the, the Russian players in Ovechkin would love more than to come right into Toronto and beat Team Canada. So I think there I think there's a lot of pressure. You know, the country's it's challenging times in Russia. They could use something positive. And I think uh, Ovechkin and company will feel that and and push hard. Push hard to have success. Which would be great. Which would be great. But my question is this I hope it's a good tournament, yeah. I, I think it, listen, I think it's gonna be one hundred percent the one of the most entertaining things we've seen. Oh yeah, for um, for all that we made fun of it, yeah, for literally hours. But it's it, gonna it's be still, fun. It's gonna be great. Yeah. However, what what is the effect on the top fifty? You mentioned it. The top fifty scores in the NHL come game sixty two, come game seventy two, come game eighty two, come second round of the playoffs. Are you 25 or 26? Are you 32? Are you 44 <laughs> like Yager? You tell, me, you tell me who you are and how much hockey you've played and how you play it and all of those factors come into play. Listen, you love the game. Mm-hmm. You play it every day. Every day. No question, right? Forget about It's seven-year-old mentality. I don't want to go around a pile on it. I just want to play. Mm. Same thing. Same thing. As long as you're healthy, you feel good, you come. You can play every day, you know? Now, again, are you a skater? Are you a checker? Yeah. Are you a shot blocker? How do you play the game? How beat up your body is? You know, if you, are you on a roll? Have you not scored in 20 games, right? Does Like all those factors come into play. But as far as... You know, your, your your love for the game and whether you've played 60 or 80 games by February or March or you're in June and you're playing your 128th game, including World Cup and all, All-Star all and all outdoor game, whatever, you love the game, man. You, you play it every day. It's not all an right. issue. It won't be an issue. And, you know, you were a player. Uh, how fun was training camp? Did, did you love it? <laughs> some of these guys, I think, are going to get out of some of that by being oh, yeah. no, in no, this no, tournament. No, 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 no. They'll, they'll, they'll come out of the tournament. They'll take four or five days off. They'll come in and, and practice. I, I can't see anybody anybody playing any 
last few exhibition games, it'll all be right in. And you'll, most of them, you'll mm-hmm. you'll be in you'll be in game mode. You'll be in game mode by yeah. then, and you won't need anything except uh, a little bit of rest and and uh, a little bit of mental regroup, and you, and you're good to go. Do you think um, for the Leafs, you know, having this is a big year for them? Just selling the hope, right? Oh my God, how long did we get into that? <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-seven minutes. Thirty-seven, 37 minutes. minutes. It wasn't even me who brought without the without super no. fan mentioning him. <laughs> right? He hasn't even brought it up yet. That's I mean, he, awesome. He uh, but it is a big. It's a. It's their their head coach, the guy who sets the mentality for the whole organization. Yeah, is otherwise engaged. So you've got you've got Marner, you've got Matthews, you've got. Well, I think Matthews is playing in the tournament. Yes, anyway. he is. Um, eleven of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nine I or think eleven. It's, it's nine players and the coach. So ten Leafs representatives. So what does that do? I mean, does that cha- do you think that makes a difference? Do you think? I mean, Babcock's already s- set his stamp, but yeah. what does that do to the team? Uh, it, it can only be positive. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Like you think about uh, game, big game pressure, uh, stakes high. It's all about experience. It's a, it's all about being in those trenches. So you got these young kids now coming in in a very short period of time where they are told that anything less than the top of your game, you know, is unacceptable. Uh, that's that's awesome stuff. That's awesome stuff. The experience that they're going to get off of this, and to be able to go back into that dress room, that younger dress room for the Leafs is a huge upside, you know? Like, Morgan Riley is going to be one of the older players <laughs> right in that room with the experience that he's had and the game's played, and now he's, he's coming off a World Cup. He's, he'll be ready to take it to another level. I might be wrong, but I think the Leafs, the, the longest tenured Leaf is Kadri. I'm that, trying to think of... Bozak, maybe? Oh, yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe Bozak. Yeah, Bozak before. Kadri's like two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's, what, 26, 27? Yeah. He was, no, I think he's even younger than that. You know. Drafted in 09. Now, you know, much broader scope from, I think, Lee fans, including the guy to my right, whether or not... Uh, oh, you're surrounded with him, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we are. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, Justin, um, nice hat. I'm, a, I'm a, such a Lee fan right. that I used to play your your avatar on Power Play 98 oh, yeah. in, in video games. How'd I do? You All did right. pretty well. You okay. did pretty well. I played that you this past week. Killer on a line. <laughs> oh, gosh. So it's it's whether this, the scope is they're going to finish 30th or, you know, to the other uh, side of the pendulum where they'll challenge for a playoff spot. It's it's much broader than it was a year ago, and that's, that's another good thing, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, the, the biggest one was... Uh, uh, Frederick Anderson yeah right they revamped their goaltending situation Uh, Anderson is a 2016 type of goalie big agile uh, has shown abilities to steal games it's just a matter for me a level of consistency and where's his range for getting mentally tougher now from Anaheim to Toronto, where everybody's watching, everybody's writing, everybody's talking. Well, you went from Hartford to New York, right? Did you I not? Did. You, I did. I did. I went from the outhouse to the penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> the outhouse. And, and I'm not talking about the city of Hartford. No. I loved the city of Hartford. It was awesome. They voted me whaler, favorite whaler. Um, but there's something to be said between... Uh, 
the outhouse of that civic center that was in a mall. No way. Was it really? To, oh, yeah. It was in a mall. Like, you cut through the mall. You're like, uh, do I need anything from, you know, the gap on my way to the game? <laughs> no, nah, I think I'm okay. Wow. To Madison Square Garden. The center of it all. <laughs> right. The most entertaining building in the world. That's... That's pretty cool. Was that hard for you? Was that, I mean, I know you were a guy that always kind of embraced the media spotlight anyway, but when you've got, say, two reporters and then the next day yeah. you've got 15. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know what? By then I, I had, uh, you know, three and a half years in Washington, which was, uh, you know, decent market, mm-hmm. you know, uh, nothing, you know, on a, on a grand scheme of things, you know, comparable to anything in Canada. Or, you know, Boston, uh, New York. But, you know, I, it was good. It was really good. And the moment you got traded to the Rangers, uh, it was unbelievable. I was there three or four days. My mom and dad came down. We started walking down uh, Fifth Avenue. And a cop car comes right beside me, right? And it scared the crap out of me. And it startled my parents. A cop comes out. Welcome to the New York Rangers. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> wow. Thanks. That's really cool. Thanks. So Thanks for that. It, 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 was, it was like the moment you became a Ranger, you inherited 54 years of Ranger misery because they, they wouldn't mention anything else except we haven't won. We haven't won since 1940. I'm like, okay. All right. No I pressure. I don't know if I can really do anything about that, but I'll talk to Messier and Leach and Richter. Okay, I'm gonna let them know how you feel. So it, that that part of it you got right away. And, and then and then of course you played for the Leafs, which is you know the same the same thing. But worse. Can, but worse. Well, can, yeah. Can it you, wasn't well, when he played though. But listen, no, no, no. no uh, you know what? It was. It was like the stock market. You, I got traded the Rangers. You know, you're, you're riding it high, and and the and the and the stock's going up. When I got to the Leafs, it was the tail end yeah. of the '93, '94 runs, and right? You got the that conference nasty final runs in the middle, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm traded, and you're hearing things like, uh, you know, uh, we got to cut the budget, and I'm like. This is Toronto. Why did they have to cut? Like, there's no salary cap. Like, what's with the budget? But there was a mandate to cut by five million dollars the budget, and I I don't know whether or not it had anything to do with uh, um, uh, eventual uh, ownership restructuring. Stavro, of course, was. Uh, um, moving into full ownership or just had it, and there was a cash call for stock, you know, uh, options being changed over. I don't know what the uh, it was, but it was Gilmore had to go, uh, uh, Kirk Muller had to go, I think Dave Gagne, who was probably making pretty good buck at the time, had to go, and it's like, wow, this is not good. Mm-hmm. This is not good. So. Unfortunately, when I get, came to the Leafs, uh, the stock was going down. Um, have you heard the rumor that Wayne Gretzky was going to, after that St. Louis year, he was yeah. going to sign with the Leafs, and then that that, that exact thing happened? Money, money issue. True I story? I believe it was true, yeah. 
I do. Yeah, I, I uh, cool. I heard it. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to. I yeah. wanted to ask you because I thought you know if anybody would know yeah. close enough to the game. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, th- I think it was a, a money issue. <sighs> well, with that note, we're going to go to the actual podcast portion of the show. So we're going to wrap it up on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Uh, Nick Kiprios is with us. If you want to download the show, sportsnet.ca, and the podcast is brought to you by Panago Pizza. How are you guys enjoying the water? Oh, it's, oh yeah. Okay. I am so refreshed and hydrated. The GPA, GPA oxygen, oxygen water, water. Which we will talk about, too. <laughs> Thank you, boys. It's not witchcraft, Thank by the way. You. It isn't. No, it's it's real. not witchcraft. I it's almost have to pee. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Kiprios is joining us. Obviously, you know that if you're listening to the podcast portion, because that's where we are. We can now officially swear. Uh, so it's it's, it's available. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. it's available. You know, it happens. I've, it's available. I've been off for two months, so I usually do that when my kids are around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're not around. I don't know if I can drop any uh, okay. four letter words. Well, if it comes out, just know that there won't be any there won't be any panic stricken okay. looks or anything like All that. Right. Um, Nick, I I want to talk. I want to go back to the beginning of your career. Like beginning, you're in junior. You were the second leading goal scorer coming into the like out of the in the O, right? Yeah, I had a, I had a, a great run putting the puck in the net uh, in, in junior hockey. I, North Bay. It was a. I originally got drafted by the Kitchener Rangers, and then I got traded up to North Bay, and I think I finished the year there with like twelve, thirteen goals, and then I next year I jumped to forty one. Maybe 42. 41. Thank you. <laughs> and then I jumped to 62, and I know that number. Yeah, yeah. you got to okay. remember that That's one. That's a better number than 40. <laughs> Damn good number. <laughs> Over 40, right? Anything with a 40 doesn't sound as good as 62. Yeah, yeah. And then the year I turned pro, I started the season in Hershey, and I just felt I wasn't getting the ice time that I needed to keep developing, so I went back as an overage to North Bay. And I think I scored 49 goals in 40... 46 games. 46 games. See, again, in the 40s, I don't remember <laughs> much in the 40s. So I scored 49 goals in 46 games. And if I was to if I was to have played a full year, I think I would have cracked 70, maybe 70-plus 70 goals that year. Wow. But, you know, when people say, what happened to you? <laughs> and I'm like... You know what? It's a different game. It's faster. It's mm-hmm. tougher. Those guys are the best in the world. And while I appreciate junior hockey for being uh, one of the highest levels, uh, do the do the math and do the percentages of the guys that leave junior hockey and play in the NHL. It's not high, and it's not high. Even one game. So even one game, right? So and the other thing that happened to me is I blew out my knee. Oh, I had major reconstruction. I got into a fight with uh, Jamie Huscroft, uh, New Jersey Devils, and I had major surgery. I blew up my uh, ACL, uh, and then uh, did some damage to my MCL. And uh, you know what? That that took a little bit off of me. I Just, never really—it's never the same after that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not saying that that's the reason why I stopped being a goal scorer, but it, it did have an effect. I was never a great skater. Um, but I, I never felt as comfortable as I did uh, before the surgery. Do you regret not spending that full season in Hershey? Uh, no, because the following year I went back and I had a really good year. I think I scored 24 goals. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. Right. And led that team in game winning goals. 
And we won the Calder Cup, right? So, no complaints there. Do you have a Calder Cup ring and a Stanley Cup ring? I do. Which I think is a rare thing. That's pretty rare. I do. So, uh, and I love that championship. Of course, it doesn't get the notoriety uh, and the attention of a Stanley Cup. But to win at any level is so hard. We went to game, when I was with the North Bay Centennials at the time, we went to game seven twice to go to the Memorial Cup. One was to host the event, and the other one was in the OHL Championship. And we lost both games, and that just crushed me. Because, you know, a small window to to be a champion, you, you want to take advantage of it. So, you know, to come back a few years later and, and win a Calder Cup in Hershey, and again, right, historic franchise. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not, mm-hmm. wasn't one of those where you bounce it around in the American Hockey League from town to town. I mean, we're talking about some of the best hockey hist- American hockey history in Hershey. Probably mm-hmm. better attendance than some right? NHL teams. Like yeah. sold out Saturday nights, uh, 8,500 8, people in, in that wow. old Hershey Park Arena. And I played with great veterans like uh, Kevin McCarthy, Al Hill, Don Knockbauer, who's a, you know, done a great job coaching in the, in the W. Um Dave Fenvis, who was a outstanding MVP. Wendell Young was our goalie. We only had like a few young kids there uh, that stepped up. Gord Murphy, mm-hmm. uh, myself, uh, were two guys that probably went on and, and had you know. Gord had a great career, had a decent career, uh, and you know it's hard. It's hard to come out of the American League and and have a full time career in the NHL. So I was very fortunate at my time in Hershey. Did you ever go to the Hershey theme park? There? Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me. I grew up going there. My first of from all, there. I mean, <laughs> I was making twenty two thousand dollars a year. I mean, big money. Big money. <laughs> so, so when when the guy who collects tickets uh, likes you, you go on as many rides as you want. All right. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's where I went on my first roller coaster in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Fellow so, lover of mm-hmm. free things. Yes, ex- fellow lover of free things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I. had... I, I, I had decent year scoring there as well. Mm-hmm. And then you you get up to the NHL, and we we've talked about this often. It's that you know there are guys who are AHL guys that are great in the AHL, and yeah. they come up for for whatever reason. It just it doesn't happen. It yeah. just doesn't happen. And, we, and we've even talked about like Tim Stapleton, who is lighting it up in the. K. I think he still holds the Marley's record for points in a season. And and then he now he's in the K. Yes, and he's yeah. and he was killing it there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a KHL All Star. Uh, there, there's many factors, many reasons. Uh, go back to junior hockey and see how many uh, 60, 50 and sixty goal scorers there are in junior hockey that never got a sniff in the NHL. Tom right? Sestito scored forty. There's, I think, there's a ton of them. Yeah, and you know what though? You know, Tom's like me, right? Your score goals in junior hockey. And then you get to the pros and the goals don't come as often as you like. And it's like, okay, here's the deal. It's real simple. Okay. Score and you get to stay. And if you don't find something else that you can contribute with. And I'm like, okay, well, pretty strong guy. Always been one of the stronger guys in training camp. Every time I went to Philly's training camp for four or five years, they give me this award next to Tim Kerr. I was the best guy uh, on the bench press. I'd be bench pressing, you know, uh, 225, like 25 times, 30 times. <laughs> like I was, <laughs> I'm telling you. Can you and, still do that? 
<laughs> Did you get that, folks? <laughs> and which so, means yes. So I'm yes. like, you know. Okay, here's the deal. I'm getting on a hockey card. I'm getting on an Opeachy yeah. hockey card. Yeah. So I will do whatever it takes to get on Opeachy. I, I want bubble gum stuck to my card. So I'm like, okay, then what else am I going to do? I'm going to hit. I'll stand up for my teammates. I'll be a pain in the ass. I'll do whatever it takes to stay. And that's what I did. And that's what Tom's done in his career. So a lot of guys can't do that. Can't do that. If you're a scorer and you can't score, they're done. I said, I'm not done. Wow. And that took you from 62 goal score to, I saw on uh, the hockeyfights.com, uh, they have an Instagram account and they posted your fight against Tony Twist. <laughs> and, and, the, and the caption was just to take some, yeah. take some stones well, to stand again, up to you know, Tony Twist. I was Twist. never a big guy that you had to win your fight. You just didn't have to lose it or, you know. Yeah, you didn't or, throw or a bunch. Em- or, you know, be embarrassed, <laughs> right? Just, just have that. You know, you're not scared. I'll stand up for my guys. You're, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, my last fight didn't end that well, but that's that's say hey, that's the nature, you know, of of the game. But the one year that I had in Hartford before trading to uh, the Rangers, I scored 17 goals. I probably could have hit 20, and uh, I really I hurt my uh, I, I had uh, a bad abdominal injury that uh, shut down my season, or else. I think I could have got 20 that year mm-hmm. and been one of the few guys in history to score 20 goals and have 300 Three. penalty minutes. Because you were, it's funny, I was. Well, I think I was reading up on that. And it was, uh, yeah, I, was, I think I was third or fourth in the league that yeah, year. Yeah, it was, it was something like, yeah, you had 325 penalty minutes yeah. and it was like, I, I couldn't believe that it was third or fourth. I, was, yeah. it, was it fifth? What was it? What was the What was the actual number? I, think I couldn't believe it was that low. Peluso, I was like, that is insane. that year. I think two of the names that I remember that were up there. But, you know, at least I, I proved for one year that, you know, the, the goals in junior were, you know, still, still there. Bit, and on, still and had a bit of a shot and was able to. And on a team a that year. probably wasn't at its height. I mean, no. you know, really, I mean, the, the Hartford Whalers oh, in the NHL was, did the best in the yeah. late 80s, right? Like that was their. Yeah, they had oh, the no, best coach sure. in the league, Adam. <laughs> they sure did. Um, they could they could outcoach anyone so, on any night. So, you see, yeah, I mean, we were talking, we touched a little bit on Hartford. So let's let's talk about the time in <laughs> the Hartford because it seems like mall. it was just a, a weird. We started the place. show. We were talking about Pierre Maguire. Are we coming full circle now? I just I'm trying to steer you into <laughs> my favorite story ever. My favorite, your favorite story ever. Best hockey story. Okay, ever. so because I can't tell. Yeah, you can. So when I were in Hartford and we're we're down four nothing after forty minutes and we haven't touched the puck against the Montreal Canadiens. And Paul Holmgren comes in and just rips us, just completely tears us a strip from top to bottom. And he's as intimidating as you'll ever meet. And he always loved getting half a hockey stick and just slamming it in his hand, right? Just whacking it and whacking it. It's like, you know, walking tall, you know, just (laughs) this, this big stick. And, you know, it's like at any time, you know, Andrew Castle's like, he's going to hit somebody. He's going to hit, he's actually going to hit somebody. Like guys were like not taking their helmets off, you know, in between periods. That's, just in case. Yeah, just in case. So of course. And this, by the way, is the GM of your team? Yeah, he was GM. He so was this coach. Is the GM he, was, uh, he was, he wore a lot of hats uh, over the, that short period of time I was in Hartford. So of course, you know, Pierre Maguire now is going to play, you know, 
good cop. So the bad cop just tore us a strip. So Paul Holmgren leaves the room and Pierre comes back into the room and he starts with that super positive, right, stuff. <laughs> right? So a few guys are kind of rolling their eyes, but he's going to stick with it. And he says, guys, it's simple. Here's the game plan, okay? We're down 4 nothing. We are going to score a goal every five minutes and we're going to win this thing in overtime. And we're like... We haven't touched the puck in 40 minutes. Can we just try to get one? <laughs> so sure enough, we're about three minutes in and we get a lucky bounce and it's 4-1 and Pierre Maguire starts running up and down the bench <laughs> saying, see guys, see, we got one already. We're way ahead of schedule. <laughs> and I'm like... We're down 4-1. We've touched the puck once, and somehow we're ahead of schedule. I say, I look back, and I say, do you want me to rag the puck, get us back on schedule, slow it down a little bit? (laughs) It just seems seems like if there was ever a Twilight Zone in the NHL, it would have been the California Golden Seals and then the Hartford Whalers of the early 90s. It was just a crazy... They're just a crazy crazy time and place and not, not necessarily bad but when you when you look back at that and then you go to the you go to the rangers um and i i have to i want to know what it's like to win the stanley cup i want to know what that's yeah. like from you but before we talk about that when you look back on hartford what do you see especially now looking at because you talk so much now about the business of the game we are so as fans the topics now are so much less about the actual gameplay yeah. and more about well the ownership they're going to be the the uh, the Las Vegas boogie nights that yeah. like we're not sure what the heck they're going <laughs> to what what yeah. is the well what first of all i will say that you know when it was good in hartford it was great they had great support uh it's a, a smaller community of course mm-hmm. uh insurance capital of the world connecticut basketball rules <laughs> You know, university rules. But there was this core group of fans in Hartford that was great. Okay? So, when I had gotten there, the one thing that I think ultimately will go back and be the demise of the Hartford Whalers is uh, Ronnie Francis and Elf Samuelson getting traded. And because it was a small community, they took that so personally. It it actually killed probably 30 or 40% of the market. Really? Just shut them down. Completely shut them down. So when we had, when I had gotten there, we were playing in front of 8,000 fans when it should have been fifteen and 16,000 fans every night. And uh, the other equation is that John Cullen and Zarly Zalapsky were the two key components for that trade to Pittsburgh. And they never hit it off. Not not like uh, obviously the work that Ronnie Francis did for that community. Ron Francis and is the fourth highest seems, scoring goals uh, yeah, uh, player of all it time. It just seems, and Alf Samuelson was popular, but it was also there was a core group behind it too. Um, Dave Tippett, um, uh, Mike Liute, who was you Gold, know a goalie, right? Goalie, and they and traded the him when he was doing great, right? It's just. All, all of these guys who were fan favorites kind of got, you know, the feeling from the fans was they got run out of town. And this the organization never recovered off of that. But my 
my stay there, the people were awesome. I loved, I loved it there. I could have been happy the next 15 years playing in Hartford. You know, it, it, it was great. You're in the NHL. We're in an NHL jersey, right? I think I'm starting to see where your opinion on tanking was formed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> a little sensitive, trying to protect my heart for days. That's right. We're not talking about trading away Ron Francis, though. We're talking about trading Roman Polak yes. for a couple seconds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Much better. Much I, better. Um, and then re-signing him again, because what the hell. Yeah, why not? Um, why not? So so then you, you go to New York, and, and I want to know, because we're, we're Leaf fans, I want to know okay. what it's can, like. Okay, can I give you another yeah, please, story? Please, yeah, no, no, give me okay. all the stories. So, I'm renting in Hartford, Connecticut, okay? And my rent is like $400 a month. <laughs> and I got a decent place, right? This is Hartford, 1993. So I get traded to the Rangers, and I go into practice, and Mark Messier, you know, comes over. Um, introduces himself. I've never really met him, which, like, you're in awe right away. You're like, oh, my God, Mark Messi is coming over me. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Don't embarrass yourself. So he says, welcome to the team. You know, uh, you got set up. And then he's like, where are you going to live? I said, uh, I have no idea. He goes, are you married or single? I said, I'm single. He goes, good. You're going to live downtown. I say, okay, cool. Because back then, uh, prior to Mark Messier coming, it was taboo to live in the city, right? They encouraged all the players to be in the suburbs. Less trouble. You're in the mm. city, New York, underground world, trouble. Everybody out of New York. So Mark comes in and goes, uh, no, 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 no. You live wherever you want to live. And New York's an amazing city and it offers so much and, uh, you're going to live in the city. And I said, okay, I'll live in the city. He goes, yeah, um, you can find a decent place uh, for about uh, 4000 a month. Oh, my God. <laughs> and my <laughs> jaw dropped. I said, uh, that's an extra zero than what I was paying in Hartford, <laughs> right? So I decide, okay, I'll give it a try. Now, there's another single guy, Brian Noonan, on the team, and I go, uh, how about you You want to live in the city? We'll, we'll be roommates. So we found a place, uh, 80th and Columbus, right across from uh, uh, History Museum and across from Central Park on the Upper West Side. Ended up being 3500 a month. And I'm telling you, it was the best $1,750 I've ever spent a month in my life. <laughs> Living in the city was Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Doorman, you know, uh, deli across the street, huge Ranger fans, <laughs> never paid for an egg sandwich in three years I was there. It was so cool. And, you know, the other thing, too, is, like, it, you don't need a car. So I had one. And then, like, they tell you, well, you got to get a parking garage. And I'm like, my parking garage a month was more than I spent on my place in Hartford. Wow. <laughs> I needed wow. another yeah. four or five hundred dollars a month to park a car. I'm like, it's like getting and it's in my car 90s. and apartment. Yeah. Early yeah. Not, not not now, early nineties. <laughs> oh, I bet you it would be oh, like two, twelve twelve hundred, fifteen hundred a month to, to park a car now. Right? So it was Gosh. it was awesome to be uh, in 
Upper West Side. To be a single yeah. NHL player yeah. living yeah. in New yeah. City. When, <laughs> the Rangers, when the Rangers are on their way to winning you know, the Cup. I mean, it's... it's uh, my God, I don't know what we're at now. 23 years since then? 20, we're closing in on 25 years since we won the Stanley Cup, and people still talk about it like it's yesterday. You know, not the not the young kids, but <laughs> people still still talk about that team. And, you know, while I appreciate any Stanley Cup... Man, you're lucky enough to win one on an original six team. It's mm. it's just a little bit sweeter. You can't you can't deny that, right? You can't deny it. Like you know, winning a Stanley Cup's hard, and it's great. Tampa Bay, Carolina, you know, all those places. Anaheim. Now they've all experienced now championships, being newer generation teams. But man, oh man, Chicago, Boston, New York, Montreal. Toronto. Oh God, look out, man. It's something a little extra special. So I guess I guess that leads me to what's it like to not just win a Stanley Cup but end a drought? End a half century yeah. drought. How's that feel? There's another drought, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's true. There's another drought. There's another drought. But yeah, you, you think about the number of guys that have put that uniform on and uh and and failed. Right, because that's essentially what it is. It's a failure, you know, not being able to to deliver. Uh, it's it's mind boggling. Um, you know, I remember being on the ice, and you know, we're in that pile, and we're all screaming and yelling, and uh, and I I go. Like, you don't know what to do. You don't know who to hug. You're just like, you know, you're all over the place. And I looked at Brian Leach, and I go. What do we do now? <laughs> and he goes, I don't know. Let's go ask Mess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess he'd been there. Yeah, 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 five times. other yeah. times. <laughs> He's been there five other times. Let's go ask him. And then, you know, you got this cup and you're like, you're taking it all over the place. And I remember being in a cab with Brian Noon and, and we're like, we're on Fifth Avenue and it's around. 11 o'clock, 11.30, we're, we're bar hopping now. And I said, let's With just... With the cup. Yeah, I'm That's like, just, awesome. let's, let's, oh. just, let's just take it out now and just like stick it on the curb on on Fifth Avenue. See what happens? Yeah, see what happens. And then like one cab, another cab, <laughs> a cop car, a cab, a car, a car. And the whole thing's just like the traffic can't get through now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you and we're like, traffic in New York. Like, okay. We're like, we experiment. gotta get it out of here. We, we gotta get it out of here. We gotta get it yeah, out of here. You probably had to walk it out of you there know. too. Uh, China Club, big spot, right? Big spot. Can I tell you this one China Club story? Okay, Tidomi's uh, book. Will you? Please, Tidomi's book, by the way, is full of them. Oh, I got a great one. I got a great one. Okay, so I'm with the Washington Capitals, and the place to be in New York in the early 90s was the China Club in the basement. For reference, right. I'm pretty sure this is where the Dave Chappelle, Rick James sketch happened. Oh. Happened in the China Club. Okay. <laughs> this is a place where Bruce Springsteen will walk in, have a few drinks, next thing you know, he's jamming downstairs. Like that stuff happened all the time. <laughs> so we got an off night, the next, an off day, the next day that, I'm in with the Washington Capitals, and we all like, boys, we got to go to the China Club, right? We got to go to the China Club. So there's like 10 of us go to the China Club. 
on a Monday night. That was the hot night, Monday night. So we get there. There's a bit of a lineup, but, you know, big bouncer, you know, Washington Capitals. Yeah. Not impressed, right? Mm -hmm. He says, okay, uh, you know, we'll let you know. So we're all kind of just standing around. So now it's like half an hour, nothing. Uh, you know, go back to him. We're going to get in. Yeah, you're, you're going to get in. You're going to get in. Just hold on, guys. So the NHL team. Hour, hour, nothing, right? And then uh, finally Dale Hunter goes, boys, let's let's grease them up. So we're all pitching in like oh. 40, 50 bucks. No, right. no. Grease, like money grease, yeah. right? I was like, yeah. oh my God. We're not beating up any bouncers, okay? We're even smart enough. We're like greasing up. So like we got like 500 bucks to give this bouncer early 90s, right? Yeah. So he takes the money, no problem. He says, don't worry, I'll get you in. Wait another 15, 20 minutes. Finally, we get in, right? Hour and a half. And we think we're like the cat's meow in there. You know, we're in the China Club. Woo! All right. So years later, I get traded to the New York Rangers. Right. And of course, you're with Mess. <laughs> Slide right in. No problem. Table. <laughs> He's the man. He's the man. So then we're sitting around the table. <clears throat> Same bouncer comes down. And he says, Moose, I got the St. Louis Blues outside. He goes, he looks at his watch and goes, another 40 minutes. Oh my God! That's so impressive! Oh, that's power! That is crazy. What season was that? What season was that? That was uh, the year Mask uh, got traded from Edmonton to uh, to, New to New York. That was yeah. the first year. Jesse, I want you to look up the list of players Messier made wait. <laughs> go, right? go look up his first year in New York. It might have been Brandon Shanahan. It would be the 93 St. Louis Blues? Yeah. So, so yeah. it would have been Brett Hall, so got- Al McInnes, Chris Pronto, <laughs> Curtis Joseph. <laughs> Curtis Joseph, yeah. That's amazing. Oh. <laughs> and he just said, who else, who, else, who else we got? Uh, we got Kevin. Oh, he goes, not yet, not yet, not yet. Is, <laughs> that was a good team, too. Holy smokes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, now, yeah. was wow. this the night before a game or after? Oh, gosh. You're killing me right now. <laughs> no, no. Well, How well it's do you great. remember your night? Oh, <laughs> my God. It's great because you know, if you're playing yeah. them the next day, you oh, go, yeah. well, I know they didn't even get in until like 1130. Oh, oh yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I'm going to I'm gonna assume it was after. I but. would assume that St. Louis probably had an off day the next day. Right. That's my guess, anyways. That is very But funny. anyways, that goes to That's show the hottest you. club in New York. That's amazing. Like, you think about that. That is, you're right. That's real power, especially in that's a city like New power. York where no one cares who in, you are. In shift work, yeah, yeah. Uh, Domi's book, he, yeah. he's talking about during warm ups, Mario Lemieux and all the Penguins are skating up to him going, Can you get us in? Now, that, the, he yeah. thought they were kidding. Oh, yeah. And then after the no, game, no. he's like, No, for real. Yeah. Like, can you get us into the China Club? Yeah. It's Mario Lemieux. That's right. So, Johnny B was the bouncer. Uh, still friends with him today. Great guy. Uh, he's had a few bars. Uh, auction house was the big one when we won the cup. That's the first place that we took it to. Wow. Right. 
remember sitting there with Tim Robbins, right? Tim Robbins, Shawshank uh, was out, and he's telling us, you know, decent actor, you know. I've never really name-dropped in my life. That's what I've been doing for the last hour to get into this place so I can see the Stanley Cup. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he had to name drop to get in. Yes. Wow. He says, I don't name drop, but I name dropped as many cops and security people as I could to come here wow. and see the Stanley Cup. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. So, it, it, I mean, New York must have... I, the last time I was there, I was in a bar where there was a picture of Mess with the Stanley Cup, and it was shot up. So, of course, Mess looks like he's 10 feet tall, yes. as he always does anyway. Yes, exactly. Um, and... You know, you, and you talk to people like you said, and 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 it was it's like it was yesterday. I'll remember where they were when when that finally happens here, and I believe oh. it finally will. I'm 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 not saying I'm not guaranteeing, but I yeah. I believe that it's finally going to happen here. I think there's a very good chance that uh, Bloor Street could break off and fall into Lake Ontario. <laughs> it's going to be wild, right? Like it's going to be like that must be as a city. It's going to be wild, and it'll be really emotional, you know. The, the most famous sign the night we won was uh, Now I Can Die in Peace. That was a Ranger fan. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You could find it on the internet. It's a really, really cool shot. Uh, Sports Illustrated had me lifting the cup uh, with Now I Can Die in Peace in the background. Oh. And that sign says it all. Just says it all. Do you right? have Do you have a copy of it? By the way, do you still have that copy of that magazine? <clears throat> I don't know. There's a, I had a box somewhere and in, in the garage, and I think a rat chewed through half of it. So. <laughs> oh. I, I, I'm sure I can find another. Do one, you still maybe. have all your jerseys? Yeah, that's a bit of a sore spot. I used to when I there first started in uh, with. Uh, oh, there's yeah, the there picture. It is. Oh, uh, that's such a cool picture. Yeah. Uh, when I first started with the sports center, they I brought in a couple of jerseys for backdrops, and then I left them in the car, and then a few of them got stolen. <gasps> no oh, yeah. way! Yeah, yeah, dude. I know a guy who played oh, one exhibition game with the Rangers. And he's right. got They're that out frame. there somewhere. Someone's, Someone's hiding them in a basement somewhere in a box, which is a shame, but <sighs> that's okay. But you have some like. Of oh your no, own. I still have. I have. Like, get your Rangers one, right? And, I got Rangers. I got Leafs. I got a few for the kids. Good. You know? good. Yeah, good. I got a few for the kids, so we're good. We're covered. <sighs> that just hurts me, though. Oh my god, uh, you guys are way more emotional than well, I am. Well, it's just. Oh, I mean, right? listen. I think it's a little bit different. Because for us, it's so. Well, I mean, for you too, but like, it's it's such an irreplaceable, unattainable thing. You wore it, and it was and, your name. Yeah, and and you've had it around, so maybe it doesn't seem that way to you. But if someone randomly yeah. pulled a NHL game worn jersey out of their trunk. From the 90s, I'd, I'd be like, where the hell did oh you get this? God. Yeah, People are weird, too. I got in this messy night one night in Chicago. Uh, Jim Cummings broke my nose with a wheel house elbow. And <laughs> I went back and I fought him again, which was stupid. And my jersey's absolutely covered in blood. And, you know... Years later, a collector was telling me that that was the hottest jersey people wanted on, you know, it's sold somewhere. Someone's got it somewhere. Someone oh, really wanted it. It's because the there's one, a story. You know, and it's like. Oh Every jersey has God. a story. But that kind of, that's people a story. That's a warrior. Yeah, Where people are strange. strange. Where's the Stanley Cup ring right now? Where do you keep it? Uh, Home. Okay. Yeah, it's home. 
right? It's home. You know, I, I, it's great because, you know, you go do some, uh, you know, some charitable things or, you know, you go do a golf tournament, you play with guys that you've never met before. It's, it's nice, uh, to show it, but, and I'll wear it on air. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll never forget the first time I ever saw one of those was at training camp, uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers and it was Keith Atkins and, and he brought it out and I'd never seen one before. And I was like, you know, 19 years old, 20 years old. And I just thought it was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Just incredible. And this would have been like from the 70s? 80s. 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 Oh, okay. Acting would have won with... Yeah. Edmonton. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, I'm Edmonton. Sorry. Edmonton. So, so I, I had lunch one day with Mark Massier and uh, I said, you know, Moose, I'm like, I kind of notice you never wear any Stanley Cup rings. You got like five of them. Like, where are they all? He asked the same question as you did. Where where are they? He goes, I think they're in a shoebox somewhere in uh, Hilton Head. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. And then he says to me, where's yours? And I said, I don't know, I don't know what he's playing with me or what. And I said, Mark, I don't have one. He goes, okay, I'll make you a deal. When you get yours, I'll wear mine. I'm like, that's a good deal. Wow, great deal. <laughs> that's a good deal. deal. <laughs> I like that deal. <laughs> Let's go get one. <laughs> that's, and that's but, why but they that's, won. That's yeah. the type of guy he was. Yeah. He's like, I'm not wearing my Edmonton ring because you, you don't have one. He doesn't have one. He doesn't have one. I'm going to wear mine when, when you guys can wear one too. When the Rangers win. That's right. I love that. When, when you can wear one, I'll wear mine. I've always said the loneliest guy in the room has to be the new acquisition during the home opener uh, of the Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> They're raising the banner. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, man, remember right. that? Oh, that was such a you great time. Oh, You're right. You know, <laughs> it was like, uh, I remember with, you know, Mark Osborne, uh, he got traded, I think, from the Leafs to mm-hmm. the Rangers that year. And, you know, yeah, they do feel a little awkward, but they, they understand that it's a moment for the guys that want it. And they're very respectful of that, but you're right. It kind of, it kind of singles them out a little bit for momentarily. But there, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Just trying to think of who who Pittsburgh brought in this off season. Who's going to feel a little bit? Or weird. like people in Chicago, pretty much every second year. Yeah, right. And by pretty much, I mean literally every second yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. Holy smokes, man. Um, Nick, you know, we, we do need to talk about the Leafs because we are based out of Toronto and yeah. really the, the, the world kind of rotates around us, right? I mean, I mean, I think we're... It does. It's, it's, it's you know... Gravitational pull. Yeah, it's, it it's just kind of... I understand that now. I didn't know that, uh, you know, a little while ago when, you know, I accused uh, Steve of being a loser, but <laughs> <laughs> I understand it now. Um, what do you see? What do you see with this? Because we're, you know, as fans and, and as people that, like, we talk about it all the time that... The management group seems to be doing it the right way. Yeah. Um, now we've got a, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's really the Leafs and the Coyotes with the best young players. I, you know, you can debate which who's got more. Yeah. Um, but it seems like they're the teams that have really done right. the analytics thing. They've That's done right. the drafting thing. What are your thoughts? That they are they are on the path of uh, of of gaining respectability. No question about it. Uh, it, it started when Brendan Shanahan. Uh, put a team together of of good people. Uh, I think the world of Mark Hunter. I think he's a, a lifer, right? Loves the game, loves being in the rink, 
loves finding talent, finding guys that play the the game the way he likes to see it play. Which is what? Oh, gritty, like uh, respects talent, but wants to see compete, right? Not everybody has it. Like a lot of guys have great talent, but, you know, to find that that unattainable thing that you cannot get through analytics, you still have to have an eye to really understand that this game is is great with the skating and, you know, the passing and the shooting. Um, but the one thing that you're going to have to put together is that one ingredient ingredient that paper cannot show you, and that's how much fight is in the dog, okay? Like I said, skating, shooting, passing is great. But for me, I want to see a puck in the corner, and I want to see two guys go after it, and I want to see who comes out with it. You tell me where analytics can show you that. And that's not disrespecting analytics, but I'm saying that to me is the purest form of what our game's all about. Like I have that at the top of the list. And I think Hunter does. I think the way Brendan Shanahan played the game, he does. Mm-hmm. And I think Babcock, they're, they, they get it. They get it. So now it's just a matter of this great, talented group, right? With Marner, um, you know, Nylander, now Matthews. You know, where is that fight in the dog? Because we found out. Jonathan Taves has it, you know, Patrick Kane has it when it comes to finding pucks and and going into the dirty areas. Mm -hmm. And that's what we got to find out with the Leafs now moving forward. Is that a teachable thing? I think you can, uh, is it teachable? Uh, Can it be brought out, I guess? Yes, it is. But again, uh, nobody knows if you have it, you know, even the person that we're talking about, maybe it's something that he discovers that he has. But it, you know, you, you got to as players, you got to start searching for it now, and then, you know, you'll have those key moments in your career where it has to surface at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know what? Maybe we'll see it a little bit in the World Cup if it surfaces at the World Cup, and players, young players, discover it. Then it's a lot easier to get it back when you need it because you've seen it before. That's the experience that people say, well, he's, a, he's an experienced veteran. He's, he's done it before. That's why people, no matter what area you're talking about, they always go back to, you know, he's, he's done it before. We've seen it. And then it's a little easier to bring it out. Is there a player you can think of when you were playing who, you know, maybe, you know, ho-hum, whatever, but he flicks that switch or something pissed him off and he's just a monster? Ah, uh, listen, I mean, there, there's some that just rely on their talent alone. And then there's others that can bring out, you know, the best of it. Uh, you know, the one thing that I, I will say about Brandon Shanahan is that, you know, we're talking about one of the best goal scorers in the history of the game. Right. I mean, not very many guys have been able to do what he has, but you know, he, he, he was there willing to do different things, you know, at different times. Pat Verbeek, I mentioned him earlier in the show. He's another guy. I mean, those those type of guys when they when they bring you know five tool players is often mentioned in baseball but when you when you get you know one of those guys that can shoot pass hit fight do whatever it takes to win you know that that to me is how you win championships wow you know 
And and speaking of baseball, I mean, I'm I'm the Leafs super fan, but I know for a fact you're the you're the Jays yeah, super fan. Like, uh, yeah, it's been a fun summer. I got to be honest with you. Uh, many uh, many nights just hanging out with the Jays. Now we're down that stretch. We're going to do it again in terms of. Uh, do you believe in this team? Because there seems to be some apprehension around them. Uh, yes, I, I like I like the the changes that they've made. Uh, Shapiro was in a very tough position going against a guy that was super popular, but I was, I was skeptical of the change, but I, I think he's done a really good job of, of not being the center of attention, um, and quietly going out and getting a few pieces. Uh, they made some changes with some pitchers, um. Uh, Santos was out. Chavez. Jesse Chavez is back. And now he's gone. They were bad. Those guys, they, yeah. they were horrible, those mid guys. And now, you know, few guys coming in. Uh, Benoit, I think, is it Benoit? Really? Really's yeah, been good. Grilly's, really? What a, really? Like, who was so mediocre in Atlanta. I think Grilly and Smoke should do. Um, uh, uh, a barbecue cookbook. <laughs> they can definitely do commercials. I like that. There's an yeah. opportunity there. There yeah. is. There's there's some opportunities there. For Get sure. on that, okay? <laughs> yeah. I, I like uh, how but they're fun. They're fun because they go down five two and you don't turn the set off, right? They go down six two, but that's against Minnesota. We'll see how they do uh, <laughs> moving forward here because yeah. there's some tough games coming up. But it'll be a fun stretch again. I, I like how you're you know just talking about the Jays and they've done some really good things, but man. During the the playoffs, so the NHL playoffs, so there's uh, this control room where there's this big TV and all the hosts watch it, and there's a few other smaller TVs and you can watch the other games. And every now and then, you know, it'd be in the middle of the, of a play, pucks just in you know the neutral zone, and you would just see Kipper go, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> fucking love my jeans. <laughs> high fives around. Oh, high fives around. And sure enough, you look high up, so he hit a home run. Oh, I, I scare the shit out of everybody oh. in the room. No, he's a very you know Greeks are known as a very quiet. Well, people. yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. it's that Mediterranean calmness yes. that everybody's known. Yeah. Yes, as loud oh, as he could. Oh my god, they're like <laughs> Elliot Friedman's like, you gave me a heart attack for Christ's sakes. And Elliot's a pretty calm and collected. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you so know, we'll have a night. Well, it'll be fun down the stretch again. I'm excited. Well, especially, well, and you're going to be. I don't know. I'm in trouble, though, because it's right through the World Cup. I know. Now, I so, know. Uh, well, to be fair, yeah, the stretch will be fun. As long as they can get into the playoffs, then you're at the beginning of the NHL yeah. season and you'll yeah. be all right, right? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be. I got to be on my best behavior now. Ron McLean's coming back, you know. I got to be on my best behavior with that guy. Yeah, well, he's. Ron McLean. Although I hear Ron McLean's a, a fun, fun guy. So I maybe you'll just be right. ask any small town throughout Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Literally any okay. small town. They will say the same thing. Are there any left? Are there any left no. for a hometown? No, 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 no. He's, he's covered every single one. He's covered every single one. He would be able to deliver like a beautiful five-hour soliloquy about like Moose Factory Ontario. He's the one I want doing my eulogy whether he knows me or not at the end of my life. (laughs) He's just one of those great speakers, great orators. Um, And so it'll be great to have him back. And Nick, when you go into the season, when you go, like obviously you got the World Cup, um, but going into this season, and we haven't even hit Taylor Hall and Adam Larson yet, but what are the things, what are the, the main stories do you think coming out of the World Cup, going into the NHL season that we're going to be looking at? Like, what do you think is, what are you going to be looking for? Well, the West to me has been this great dominating uh, conference the last few years. When you talk about contending teams, you're probably going to rattle off, 
you know, four or five teams in the West before you even, you know, talk, talk about uh, teams in the East. Um, but as we know, it's a different beast in the playoffs. But Chicago, L.A., you know, St. Louis now, mm-hmm. Anaheim, um, Nashville's San, Jose, be San Jose, sleeper. Nashville, LA. right? Yeah, I don't like, even think you mentioned LA. No, I did. I did. I did. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, did sorry. Did you pay attention? For <laughs> I'm sorry, you're right. You're right. Boring you. Do not talk about the. Le- Do I need to put you in a headlock <laughs> when, when you don't talk about the what Leafs everybody's waiting for? <laughs> Just Jesus. Do it. Just do it. So, so you know, even with Pitt's Stanley Cup, you almost gravitate to the West before you go back. To Pittsburgh, it, you know, everybody says we're a copycat league, right? And everybody's modeling now Pittsburgh, right? Quick, fast team, you know, guys like Haglin darting in or darting out. And I'm like, where were people wanting to be like Pittsburgh like three months into the season, right? When it was all the Boston-Chicago oh, model. Oh, right? they were like, <laughs> we couldn't dump on Pitt enough, you know? They weren't yeah. even in a playoff Sid spot. was horrible. <laughs> Right, ninety-one in in league scoring, and then Sid gets a new coach, and he becomes the best player in the world again. And all these pieces start coming together, you know, the traded pieces, mm-hmm. you know, before Trevor Daly got hurt, and you know, Haglin. Haglin was great with the Rangers. He sucked in Anaheim, and then he was great again Pittsburgh. So. People will always just sit there and just gravitate to the West, and I don't think anything will be different uh, when we start in October. Hmm. Hmm. So screw Washington yeah. and screw well, the Penguins. I, I, I think that's what makes the intri- the East so fun. Other it, contending teams like the Leafs. <laughs> well, <laughs> well it's, it's like what? a tire fire, right? If, <laughs> like, and here's where you know, here you go, super fan Leafs uh, nation, <laughs> starting with the three guys in this room, right? Okay, so. Okay, well, we're going to talk about Pittsburgh. We're going to talk about Washington. Tampa. And you go uh, Tampa and Florida. We'd all sit there and go, okay, four of them, pretty good locks. Yeah. Right? You yeah. wouldn't bet against them. No. Nope. Okay? But after that, okay, especially in the Leafs division, right? Like Montreal, right? Boston, not sure, right? Ottawa, Leafs, like... Detroit, Detroit, mm-hmm. like you know, you're you're starting to go, you know. What I don't this? know. I mean, are the Leafs that much worse than than Montreal? You know, of course they got Carey Price. I get that factor, but you know, Carey tweaks something again. It's like you might even like the Leafs better. You know, if Carey's out. I mean, you said that, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I, I mean, such a yeah, super I, fan. I, I, I mean, I, like, it's... And they didn't on. solve their goaltending issue, right? which is, what happens if Carey Price goes down? I think their backup's Al Montoya. I mean, it was a good backup to so, Longo. You look at you look at those question marks. What are the Leafs in the Atlantic? I don't know what yeah. they mean. Yeah. Yeah. Atlantic, and I'm like, okay, I mean, a lot of teams there that the Leafs should be, you know, not that much worse. Well, but the guy, with, like, and they are probably... They were probably last year one of the best coached teams, right? It seems like there was a system and that it was implemented and that went. Yeah, that seemed I, I to mean, take. I don't know. Just you finish in thirtieth. You finish in thirtieth. Yeah. Okay. Right? I mean, I I can't I can't look you straight in the eye and say they were a great coach team and <laughs> they finished in thirtieth. Right. Right. But they have a, a definitive system, which is a good thing. Do, do they do have you, many nights where? 
you went, you know what? If they actually had good players, this would have gone a little differently. Well, it wasn't like two years ago when it was just awful. Like, <laughs> oh, awful is like a really good word for it. <laughs> so I was making videos with an army helmet they, on. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they caused this. You know, yeah. they lost games by a goal or two, which was a little bit more respectful than the the year before, where they had that one stint where it was like Montreal season last year. You know, regarding as some of the worst hockey in history. You know, in the organization. So, by the way, was that Anderson, lack of Anderson's pride? the key for me? He's the key for you. So yes. how he does kind of that that determines yes. the team. And I think he can steal games. I don't know how many he will. I don't know how consistent he can get his game to the next level uh, this quickly. But over the course of the next two or three years, I think his new contract will be one of the bigger bargains in the NHL. God, I hope you're right. I hope. I hope I'm right for you, so you can have some fun. Thank you. Are you? Are you as a former as a former Leaf as a guy who grew up here? Are you a Leaf fan? You know what? Uh, I grew up a Leaf fan. Okay, I was one of those guys uh, that if I'm in, I'm in, right? And for me, Sittler was it, right? And I remember where I was when Lanny scored the overtime goal that knocked out uh, the Islanders so they can go to the conference final against Montreal. I mean, all of that. I had the posters in my room. I grew up a Leaf fan. Am I still a Leaf fan? I would like to see... I would like to see success here for many reasons, you know, one selfishly, my kids, right? My kids, I mean, I'd like them to see a championship uh, and what that would be like, right? On an original six team and live it Mm -hmm. and and be around it. I mean, I grew up with some, some of what Lee fans got in the early nineties when they were close, but not close enough, but everybody's curious to see, what would happen if the Leafs won a cup? But, you know, we're also, since 1993, not had a Canadian Stanley Cup team. So, you know, you got you to gotta sit there and go, you know, right now, beggars can't be choosers. We'll take anything in Canada to bring it, you know, back home. But I'm Canadian, so... Except for Ottawa. You know? I don't know. I'd rather Montreal. You, you want to broadcast objectively. Yeah. You know, something I'll teach Steve somewhere down the road. <laughs> Maybe we'll go for lunch. You know? But, you know, from... Are you buying? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but from, you know, a personal point of view, yeah, I'm from Toronto. It's my hometown. You know, I got to, got to wear a Leaf jersey. Do you know when I got traded, there were only 87 guys in the history prior to me that was born in Toronto and got to put on a Leaf uniform? Less than 100. Wow. Well, that's so funny because Don... Less than 100. Don Cherry focused on these good Ontario kids and that the (laughs) fact that there's less than 100 at that point. Yeah, at that point. Yeah. So maybe that's a bit over. And that was before the amalgamation too. Right. So the number is probably ballooned. After in that. recent years, but I would love to know what the number <laughs> since of Toronto proper. No. Of yeah, old so, Toronto was. So that was That's a amazing. that was a thrill in itself for me. Um, but you know, I it's it's tough now with this uh next generation because when I grew up, right, again, to watch the Leafs, the big nights were Wednesday night was their midweek game, mm-hmm. and then Saturday, of course, hockey night in Canada. So while I knew a lot of the star players on other teams like Bobby Clark on Philly um, or Brian Trotche on the Islanders and Dennis Podvan, you didn't really know the rest of the league. 
You didn't know anything about the league. Now kids today, they go to their phones and they follow any team they want for 82 games and they gravitate to you know Sydney and Ovechkin and then become Washington Capital fans or Pittsburgh fans. And it's like you're not localized anymore, mm-hmm. right? You can go anywhere you want, watch any player you want, as many times as you want. You can isolate a guy, one of your favorite players. You can do anything you want today. So, you know, the danger for the Leaf organization is that the way we grew up with inheriting your your dad or your grandfather's favorite team is not there anymore, man. You inherit it through your smartphone now. I got news for my future kids. They are inheriting. Yeah. <laughs> they they are choice. inheriting. Yes, um, this burden. And you know what they? And then they call child services. <laughs> and Stevie ain't seeing his kids anymore because he's abusive. Well, you he's know leaf what? abusive. I'll get some kids who know a good hockey team when <laughs> they see it. Um, you know, so Nick, at this part of the show, we normally do. Um, and quickly, Hall for Larson before we do the press conference. Yes, uh, we 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 we're going to take listener questions in just a second here. Hall for Larson, what'd you think? Uh, I I think on the surface, I get what Edmonton fans are saying. We gave up an all star for a non all star. Okay, and that's I get it. I get it. Like this guy should be able to score. 35 goals, 40 goals in his sleep. He's that talented. But what will dictate this trade down the road, I think more has to do with how the rest of the forwards, you know, whether it's Eberly, whether Nugent Hopkins sticks around, whether Dreisaitl, Connor, I think, could lead the league in scoring as early as next year if he's healthy for 82 games. Right. If those guys are able to do what they're supposed to do, then you're not going to miss Taylor Hall as much. Mm-hmm. But if Larson can come in and give you 22, 23 minutes of shut down, you know, flawless defensive zone coverage and just be a rock, it doesn't even have to be an all star, but just a rock then that's going to benefit the Oilers more than Taylor Hall's 35 goals. But that'll be dictated by who carries that weight for the forwards. But it's not it's not a sexy trade. No. It's not. But if if Larson can come in and continue, he's got to he's he's just starting. He's just starting. Like I mean, he's been a he was he was a disappointment. He played he played better last year and I think that's what Edmonton saw is that upside that the scales moving and trending upward. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he can come in and be a solid, solid defender, which they've lacked for years now, then I think it's got a chance to be one of those trades that can really help down the road. Amazing. All right, let's do the press conference. The presser. SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. First question, what's the most insane Who's thing? it from? Who's it from? Do we know? Uh, it's from Late Fearness on Twitter. Okay. What's the most insane thing you've heard a panelist say that they, that they actually believed? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. 
that's a good question. Anything Doug McLean said in the last <laughs> five years? <laughs> you know, Just five? Um, <laughs> Uh, you know Doug McLean during the lockout year uh, we went at it oh my gosh he of course pro owner right and Mm me objectively covering the player side Mm -hmm. but he'll say otherwise Mm -hmm. but we we went at it pretty good you know Um, I think probably Doug McLean saying that uh, the owners like to protect uh um, what's best for the game? That think, did not come think, out of his mouth. Did he say was, that? Yeah, during the lockout. Wow. I think that was probably <laughs> it. That uh, the owners want what's best, f- you know, for the league, and of course, they said what's best for their, you know, their pocketbook. <laughs> I now, did he actually believe it? <laughs> you're gonna have to ask him that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's on the next. Your, your next show. <laughs> That'd be fun now, man. Yes. Well, the, the best part about this is that you would say that to him if you were here. Like, I, you could tell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. He's so pro-owner. It's disgusting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes me just, I, I wanted to throw up during the lockout every time. Well, so we, did we all discussed. of us. Oh. You looking forward to the next one, boys? It's you coming. know what's crazy? <laughs> Our ratings were never higher for Hockey Central at noon during the lockout. Really? It was crazy. That's how starved everyone was. It was, was crazy. It was crazy. And oh. it was just a... I used to... I was living in Calgary at the time. I used to watch it on TV. Um, yeah. But it was... It It was a... That was painful. <laughs> I remember actually going to... Within six six or eight months, I went to the Calgary Flames home opener, and then I think... To, and then I moved home, and then I went to the Toronto Maple Leafs home opener. It was all in the same year. <laughs> like, it was really... Wow. You know what I mean? Like, it was such a weird... It was weird when that happened, right? It was... When when the, when you lose out on half a season. Well, as yeah. a young professional working in hockey, I would use a different word uh, than weird. It's broke. <laughs> it's a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, wow. had to work for the KHL. I had to make a lot of sacrifices, Adam. <laughs> that do was you, not a uh, fun year. Nick, do you think it'll happen again? No, no, no. You think it's, they'll avoid it this time? Sorry. You think they'll avoid it this time? Okay, like in all honesty, it's at fifty fifty. Like, where is there to go? Like, come on. Like, what are you going to, you're going to shut down the league because you want to tweak free agency or, you know, like there's no reason to ever have a lockout ever again. Mm -hmm. It's at 50-50. Come on. (laughs) And we fought through two lockouts for that. (laughs) Like, it's it's crazy. But yeah, that's what we're And the players bought into this escrow. I know it drives them Batty. They hate it. I don't understand. They hate it. I'm not going to lie. It's it's just, it's an overage of the money that the players are getting from the owners. So the contracts, if you you collected all of the contracts, it doesn't match up as 50%, right, of the revenue. It's over. Oh. It's over the 50-50 split. So if we, the 50-50 split says that if you collected everyone's contract, they're making exactly 50% of the revenue. Well, it's impossible, right? There's going to be overage mm-hmm. and there's going to be, you, you, you're going to spend a little bit over. It's, a, it's allocated that you can spend a little bit over at various parts during a, a one year. So then what the escrow does is it collects certain money that you're going to pay back to the owners when they finally do the math on what the 50-50 split is. Are you following me? Yes. Yes. So, 
last year, I think it was 15 or 16% that they, they, they collected mm. that goes into an escrow. So when it's time to play, pay the owners back the money that was over the 50-50, the owners got their money. Because if you didn't have escrow and if you just said you're going to collect your money and at the end of the year we're going to come to you and say you owe us you know, $70 million because you went over the 50-50, the players are going to go, um, you know what, I just got gas for the boat up yeah. at the cottage <laughs> and I'm just a little short yeah. <laughs> and can I get you next week? And the fear for the Players Association is if they didn't have the escrow that it would bankrupt the PA. Right. It would just, they, they, it would be over. That's what, that's what escrow is. It's a guarantee on the 50, 50 split for the owners. And the owners wanted that. Oh yeah. I'm sure the players did too. (laughs) It's it's a great way to save money. So sometimes when, so hold on, just, just to put things in perspective for, for say, you know, um, PK Subban, who's making, nine million dollars or sid who's close to nine million dollars you know depending where you pay taxes right and in canada i think you know with the liberals we're probably in the 55 56 percent so this goes to the stamp coast kind of situation right free agency 56 percent right off your paycheck right away so if stamp coast was going to make 10 million dollars now he's making five you're at five Okay. Now escrow was at, I think, 16 or 17. Take that off of half a million dollars, right? So we're talking uh, another, I don't know, 75,000, 80,000, right? So now you're down to, you know, uh, or I'm sorry, $750,000. Yep. Right off 10 million. Yep. Right? Yep. Because okay. almost. Yep three quarters of a million dollars. Now, depending on what you pay your agent, if he's doing everything involved, it's like 3%. So, and no, five, maybe five. Before de- depending, tax. De- depending on what services you're getting. So that might be another. So now you're 55, 75, almost 75, 77% of $10 million is gone. So when you think you're making 10 million ain't making 10 million so it's it's you know and and i I, i'm i I can hear the listeners now going boo hoo (laughs) boo hoo i'm only collecting two million out of 10 million but But condos are expensive take it take it from a guy who ended his career face first on madison square garden ice in a puddle of blood that that's what you look at every time you step on the ice and you never know what's going to happen and how, you know, what kind of job you're going to get next. If you're fortunate enough, like I've been to be in broadcasting or you're one of the averages who changes over seven jobs in the first three years looking for something after hockey. But that's what the players got to live with, right? Is the fact that this is it. I got to make hay while I can because I don't know what tomorrow brings. But it is a sore spot with the players that they lose so much percentage of their money now um, mm-hmm. year to year. You just reminded me, I think I've told this story before, but Jim the Net Detective Carey, um, I think he won the Calder, he won the won the Vesna with, uh, I want to say, Washington. Yeah. Washington. 
Um, one day I was on LinkedIn and he came up as like one of my like suggested connections. Like, oh, he, I've looked him up. He's a uh, financial guy in Florida, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, he's yeah, he's running like, like a that. financial firm. Guy has the Vesna Trophy, Adam. Yeah, he's a Vesna. Yeah. It's winner. crazy. It's crazy. You know what? The, my advice to any young player is: I don't care if you're making, uh, you know, fifty thousand in the minors or five hundred thousand in the NHL minimum salary or six hundred thousand, whatever it is, or ten million. Get people you can trust. Get financial people that kind of know. Um, and protect yourself. Don't give them your assets. Don't hand over stuff and not know what's going on. You got to pay attention. You know, I was fortunate enough to uh, get involved with Stu Gavin, ex-player that got into the you know the financial uh, world, and uh, they've been great. They've been great. They give me sound advice. Nothing, nothing high risk. Mm-hmm. Just slow and steady. And that's what it's all about, really. It, I mean, it, in all financing, they'll, they'll tell you that unless you're big money. Yeah. Um, you, you Significant chunks of that have to be kind of low risk, slow over the course yeah. of 20, 30 years, yeah. right? Yeah, there's, so. a, there's a lot of sad stories out there. Jack Johnson's playing for free right now, trying to pay creditors, right? And there's a lot of guys that have made, and I don't care, you, you can blow anything. You can blow a million, you can blow 10 million, you can blow 50 million. I mean, it's it's not hard to go through money. Uh, uh, but you gotta you gotta have a good head on your shoulders. You gotta protect yourself, protect wow. your family, you know, and your future. Yeah, I mean, you can have generational wealth, or you can That's be right. back to work. When you take this show syndicated, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, start making your millions, Steve. Well, you mean when we get Adam, off the one Jess. one a.m. shift That's that right. we're doing currently? Yeah, That's well, right. you it'll, know, we'll take it to the next level. I hope you. Guys, I'm not reading about you. You know, I want that VH1 special, and that's right. that's when the new Pokemon cards came out, <laughs> and things really went off the rails. ESPN's 30 for 30, the demise. Dangle. Of Dangle. I really got into memorabilia. I really blew my wad on uh, that Nick Kiprios Rangers jersey with all the blood on it. <laughs> or was it Washington? I'm like, I couldn't remember. I don't uh, remember either. I got six concussions, man. I barely remember what I had for breakfast. Jesse, what do we got? Uh, next uh, question here. Derek wants to know, what's the best lead you had on a trade that never happened? Oh gosh! Damn, that's a that's, good question. That's a really good question. I was like, come on, you guys! Now, uh, <laughs> now you put me on the spot. What um, is your favorite color? <laughs> uh, I was supposed to get traded to Buffalo, I think, with the Rangers in '95 for uh, Sweeney. That never happened. Uh, but as a analyst. Uh, okay, I'm going to have to come back to that one and just uh, offhand. Well, how about this? When did you realize you were getting pretty good at this breaking trades thing? Because I, every trade deadline, well, follow yeah, that Caprio's Twitter. You know, when, when I first started, well, first of all, it was really Bob McKenzie who started, you know, that whole thing. And then... You know, of course, TSN's on their own until 1998, and then we came around, and I just retired from the game. But I, had a lot, I met a lot of people, you know, in a short period of time of my pro career that, you know, have gone on to do various things. So you just start making phone calls. You almost kind of fell off of it, 
you know, uh, fell into it mm-hmm. uh, on its own because it'd be like, you know, you'd be talking to somebody on the phone and then said, oh, they're, uh, we're going to trade so-and-so. And I'm like, really? I'm like, okay. So then I, I go into a production meeting at sports and I heard so-and-so is going to get traded and they're like, well, that's news. And I'm like, uh, okay. So, you know, like, and at that time, of course, there's no Twitter, there's nothing social, nothing. It's just your phone. Mm-hmm. So then you go to the assignment desk and at that time we had the web, right? We had the web, 1998. I'm hip, I'm cool. <laughs> right? So then they start building stories and oh my god it was like horse and buggy time you know they type slow and then they push the enter button and it wouldn't come up on the world wide web for like 10 minutes yeah. 12 minutes and then sure enough though when it did come up then it well, it got picked up by cp and for a new station canadian press yeah at, that's at Sportsnet to be picked up by CP Sportsnet is reporting or Sportsnet says that someone's was huge for us. It was like a big deal. So then it be, you know, and then it kind of snowballed into, okay, well, let's see what else I can find out, you know? <laughs> and that's how it, so it kind of just evolved on its own. And then, um, then this whole thing, this whole life of, uh, Sportsnet versus TSN kind of took a life of its own. And it was just the two of us just kind of going back at it, you know, back and forth. I believe you referred to them as those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was my favorite moment on Twitter. Yes. Oh, yeah. so good. So, so, you know, you think, you know, when I called or referred to uh, your loser mentality as a kind of a defining moment in your career, that was one for me. That was definitely one for me. When did you realize, like, oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, was that public? Bob, about, Bob tweeted you. About uh, 30 seconds after I sent it. Oh, that's it a long time. it was supposed to be, I thought I was direct um, messaging. And no, at the time, oh. I sent that out to about, I don't know, 80,000 followers, you know? That's far more than I I thought my career was over then. Yeah, you you know, dropping the F-bomb, you know, was not a a good idea. Well, I don't don't think it surprises anybody. I mean, really. No, but at the time. Yeah, I guess. I'm like, oh my God. You swore. (laughs) You swore. And I've never, I didn't even know how to delete Oh, oh, right. no. I didn't even know how to delete. <laughs> and people are saying, you got to delete it. You got to delete it. I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know how to delete. Right? But, you know, it's twofold. Some people think, you know, good for you. And other people say, I don't know. Uh, it makes you real. Makes yeah, you real. It's, a real. it's nice situation. to know you're a real person. It's just a real situation. Yeah. It's fine. You know, they've got, uh, you know, great people there that do good things. We got good people doing things. It's like, it's a healthy, uh, competition for, you know, breaking trades and that sort of stuff. And yeah, we're just better. Know, That's all. They, yeah, I mean, you know, they got that one. We got this one. Yeah. Whatever. Well, whatever. you got, you got, PK, you know, so. the, the people <laughs> listening, the people listening, you know, they, they get the information fast. Like, uh, you know, when I found PK Subban, you know, got traded, people found out, 10 seconds later that I found out. 
mean, that stuff didn't happen, you know, prior to social media. Do you ever check your tweets over? I always find like I'll tweet something and I'll go, ah, oh, there's a spelling mistake. Do you check them over just quickly before you? You try. Yeah. You're, you're human, like yeah. you said. But That's what I you always know, say about myself. It's like, but people, but people will, they'll point the, you know, you'll get the message saying you misspelled this, you dummy, oh, yes, you're, they... <laughs> you stupid mother. Do you ever read your mentions? Yeah, it's hard not to. Because Elliot straight up refused, and then when we it's asked him that, it's hard not yeah. to. I, when I when you have time, when you're bored, when you're waiting for a flight, whatever. But you know, <laughs> there's some people that are really sensitive to that, you know. And I don't know, maybe I should be more sensitive. But you know, at the end of the day, it's just one person's opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, who may have five followers. You know, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I can't let that affect me you know, whatever, which way, you know, and, and over the course of 18 years, like, you know, it does get, you know, you're going to make some mistakes, right? So I had this amazing source, right? Who's never steered me wrong and we're doing free agency and it's Ryan's suitor, right? And I had put down now I didn't put it like and he he sends me Ryan Suter to Detroit right so again I'm I'm not sure I like to kind of make sure two or three times but I so I don't I don't say deal done or you know reported as concrete so what you'll say is you know I'm hearing Ryan Suter to Detroit and then, sure enough, about a minute later, my source, who's impeccable, says, sorry, I forgot to add two question marks. Are you hearing oh. Ryan Suter to Detroit? And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Where were those question marks? You didn't put question marks on that when you sent it to me. Oh, so and he's key. like, sorry, I forgot. And I'm like... Okay, everybody thinks that uh, he's going to Detroit and I'm going to have egg on my face for a really long time. And sure enough, people still say, hey, yeah, P.K. Subban to Nashville. You told me Ryan Suter to Detroit, you <laughs> dumb. And I'm like, yeah, listen, over 18 years, you're going to miss a, yeah. a, a question mark or an exclamation God. point somewhere. That no is a big great, deal. That's a great story. I love that because I love that that's how but it can happen. That's how it can happen. So, oh. you know, people think like you're, you're dumb, you're way off base. I'm like, no, it's just, you know, we're all human here and just little tiny mistakes like that. And that's why you need to, you know, take a deep breath sometimes before you press the send button. But, you know, Haven't learned it, that yet. It, was a, it was a, it was a good learning experience for me, but you know, I, I was mad at myself at the time, but now I'm like, like I put my record over the 18 years up opposed to just a couple of mistakes you know 18 years is a long time to be involved in this thing it's not going to go perfect for 18 years and if whether i'm whether i'm in for another year another 10 years regardless there's going to be situations when you know you don't always look like you're a, a genius you know so like you said we're human 
I love that story. That's my favorite story you've told so far. Oh, Just because sorry. it's like, it's almost, sorry about the question. <laughs> oh, a quarter of a million people are watching. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. We got another question? Yeah, this one's from Ryan. If you were still playing today, who's one player you wouldn't mess with? Oh, gosh. Go uh, there's a few, but like Lucic, top of the list. Yeah. You know, top of the list. Train boxer. You know. <laughs> Um, he is he's he's Connor McDavid grew two inches when he signed <laughs> right yep yeah for well, sure he's gonna clear out some room right sure. like there is there is a there is a something to be said for you know if he's playing with Connor McDavid which you would assume they probably yeah. will try yeah yeah some people think that 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 element of the game's gone now and uh you know they don't have to be scared of anybody anymore and I'm like that's still not the game that I know Still not the game I know, man. I've I've looked in the eyes of guys on the ice, and I know when they're they're backing off, or they're a little intimidated, or they're just a little gun shy, and that stuff still happens today, man. It does. I, you can see it. You can I, see it. Not everybody's as brave as they want to believe that they are. So Lucic will exploit that, you know, when they play against certain teams. Mm. Or this would be fun to watch. Some people have talked negatively about that signing, and certainly the term is rough. But I think about uh, the Bruins when they were just doing whatever they wanted. And now it's Lucic, but it's not just Lucic. You also got Darnell Nurse. Yeah. Yeah. And no those, one's thinking about that. Those Darnell are, Nurse is really strong. Those are two top 10 guys in the league. Maybe not Nurse right away, but in a couple of years... Lucic nurse, that's a nightmare. That's a nightmare yeah. physically. Physically. Yeah. Now, is it going to turn into goals for and fewer against? I don't know. But it's going to be unpleasant on a night-to-night basis. That's going to suck. Uh, Nick, have you noticed this? the uh, the T-shirt that Steve is wearing? Yes. Do you see... Do you see who that might? No, the um, yeah, Austin Matthews, please. <laughs> Come on. Which you know might so might have been have a direct they, result have of they, taking now because of your uh, <laughs> deep deep knowledge of the Leafs. Is it official that he's wearing number thirty four? No, it's not. So these shirts might be collectors' items. Uh, at development camp, he wore number sixty three. Marner wore eighty four. Like yeah, Lou's, everyone had. Lou's a stupid got number. this thing about numbers. You know that, right? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. what is it? Just you'll get what we give you, basically. Yeah, I think we'll find out. You know, I love training Lou. camp. Freaking well, love Lou. this is the like someone. I wonder if someone talks to him. I don't know if you can talk to Lou Lamorello. They just released the new Leaf jerseys. Mm-hmm. They're going to sell a bajillion of them. Who do you want in your jersey? Matthews, Matthews. Marler, You're not allowed Nylander, to, uh, until until the season starts, right? You can you can't sell Matthews jerseys. I can get it customized. Of course you can. Sixty but they bucks. They won't sell them until they won't sell them. It's a it's a PA issue. Oh yeah, because he's not he's not officially a licensed uh, player of the uh, association you until play. you play a game until you're vested. But right? you can buy a blank, which my wife already has. And guess what? She put my name on it. I played for the Leafs. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> is that is that a jersey foul for you? By the way, when people get their their own names on the back of a jersey, does that bother you? Uh, no. Okay, good. Thank no, you. It does not. Thank you. No. No. <laughs> good. <laughs> Sweet. 
<laughs> and I gotta ask, as a as a guy who has been a player and a you've been a professional broadcaster, I think probably longer than you were a player. Um, when you look at a guy like Steven, this new breed of of people that are coming up. Uh, that's a, what nice, do you mean, you people? That's, <laughs> a, that's I mean, an interesting way to phrase we're it. We're an offshoot. We're not a radio show. We're yeah. a podcast, but which is an offshoot of the same thing that YouTube is to television. Yeah. What do you think about it? You know what? Overall, I think it's I think it's great. Uh, it's everything is great. Social media is great. It's helped me in my career. You know, with various things, including sharing information, but. Everything's a double-edged sword. It could work in your favor or it could be your worst nightmare. It's just respecting it and and uh, and using it to your advantage, mm-hmm. right? And everybody wins. But, you know, he's, he's the next generation type of guy where people want to be not only informed, but they want to be entertained and they want to laugh a little. They want to cry a little. <laughs> you know, they're, they're in. They're in. It's, I mean... It's great that you guys are doing this. It's great that, you know, I'm hearing that you guys are getting 20, 30,000 listeners. I, that's awesome, right? I think it's terrific. Just if people want it, you guys are willing to, you know, do it for them, then uh, everybody wins. You know, it's about growing our game. It's about making more people aware how great the game is. Uh, Steve's been able to do that in a very short period of time, and it's good to hang out with you guys today. Well, gosh. Nick, I was just gonna say uh, it was it was a pleasure of ours too. You know, I, I we went a little bit over time, and I, I just don't talk about yeah. people losing on purpose anymore. Okay, it pisses me off. All right. Oh, but delicious. So, draft oh, no, no, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, are you okay if the Leafs finish in thirtieth place again? Because I think it's no. a disaster. Yeah, it is. Okay? It's it a is. disaster. And it's funny because the light at the end of the tunnel, supposedly, I can't remember the name of the kid who was supposed to go first overall this year, but he's supposed to be spectacular. But they're supposed to be going Benson? up now. No, no. Uh, um, Merrick would not stop talking about it. He oh, plays on the Brandon Wheat Kings, I think. Oh, yeah, that's Millard's guy then. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know I who do. you're talking about too, and it's going to kill me. Yeah. I don't know this. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. He was uh, he was the top scorer in the playoffs. He yeah. lit it up on Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Nolan, Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick. Thank you. It. Which is uh, a family relation to James Patrick. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's me. So, uh, I mean, you're not going to get the first overall pick every year, but they're supposed to be trending up. Unless you're Edmonton. Unless you're Edmonton, but that that was a fluke. It was terrible. It was a too. fluke. You look yeah. at the you look at the stats behind it. The statistical uh, likelihood of them getting what was it four first overall picks or three first overall picks? So small, so small. Um, they're supposed to be going up. Last year was the Grin, Grin and Barrett mm-hmm. um, sacrifice for Leafs fans and for the Leafs too. I don't think. Babcock or Lou or Shanahan or anyone, especially in the dressing room, liked that. Um, but it's it's bore, it's uh, it bared fruit. Okay, and so hopefully this year is an me, upswing. Give me your cutoff between success and failure. If they finish twenty five and under, I'll be pretty disappointed. Um, if they finish twenty five to twenty five twenty three. It'll, I'll be, it'll be a bit of a bummer. If they finish 20 and up, I'll be pretty stoked. I'll be pretty happy. Um, 
Be, I just wish you could see Nick's face right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's realistic, right? Yeah. I, oh, that's that's yeah. no, that's Listen, you, just yeah, but that's not, yeah. that's not based on tanking yeah. though. No, I'm no, not no. saying. Oh yeah. gosh, I hope they finish twentieth. Yeah. I'm saying what's their ceiling right now? Okay. Exactly. So, Looking yeah, at their roster, that's, challenging let's, for a playoff spot until like late February. Okay, so if they are picking tenth overall. It's okay. They pick where they pick this yeah. year. Okay. They pick where Good. they pick. Good. I'm with you then. I'm with you. What do you yeah. think? I'm with you. What's your cutoff? You know what? Uh, I think if they're picking top five, it's it's a bad season. Yeah. Okay. Top five is a bad season. Unless they win the lottery somehow. Uh, <laughs> they miss the playoffs yeah. by one point and they win. Six to ten is not making big strides. Six to ten is not making big strides. 10 and up. 10 is making strides and uh, up if they're drafting. Awesome. So, again, you got Frederick Anderson. You got all these pieces now. And, you know, they, they say uh, winning breeds winning. Losing breeds losing as well. Uh, you know, they need to start feeling real success, not... We lost by a goal. Success. They got to start feeling like they're this core group now can win. Now, mm-hmm. now, that's what you want them to feel. It's not realistic if they do, maybe, but they got to feel like they they should challenge for playoffs, right? Frederick Anderson, you're you're the next goalie for the next five years. You can't come in and finish thirtieth. You know, <laughs> no, you can't. No, no, okay. Because nobody will believe that you're the future goalie if if they're picking in the top three or the top five again. Okay, you, you got to steal games. No one's saying you got to do it for sixty times in the season, but you know you got to give some something to hope about, you gotta, right? You got to steal five or ten games this and, year, and that's exactly. And they're selling hope this year. That's what the sell the sell is hope, yeah. right? The sell is that's going to be the interest. It wasn't Bernier. It wasn't Reimer. I mean that those guys kind of kept a. Uh, a house made of popsicle sticks up for a little while, but now <laughs> for a little while. But now you got mortar. You know, you got mm-hmm. some real foundation here. So now pressure is on Babcock now to start showing that why these guys are the future. It's hard to finish bottom five with a really good goalie. I think. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And there'd so. be some nights when. Maybe he's not as mentally as tough as he should be and consistent as he should be, Frederick Anderson, but I think they got a really good goalie. Awesome. I do. He's a big guy. A, he's a big guy that can move. Just got to, between the ears now, start developing between the ears. Well, Mike Babcock can help with that, so we hear. So. And he's going to be, uh, he's going to get a sample okay, of the boys, World Championship. How do we do? Yeah, we're wrapping it up. Uh, Pretty good. Holy smokes. Nick, uh, anybody need to go pee? Yeah, yeah. I do. Uh, uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> pick up Nick's water, GP8. Um, and Nick, just quickly, you this water actually gets you, like, <laughs> you know what? I it's, do have to pee. It's, uh, it's a company that I got involved in about uh, five years ago, and you know, I'm like everyone else at the beginning. Come on, it's water. Water's water. But if you drink it, this water is different from other waters. It, it does. Me. It does get through your bloodstream faster because uh, Steve has to go to the bathroom now. Doug McLean usually he's so funny after our hockey central at noon shows because he says that the first thing he does is he starts walking and then he's like. 
I, I got to go into Starbucks, take a piss. <laughs> right. And then, and then he like, but he'll like, he'll pretend that he's going to buy something first. Cause he doesn't want to be the guy that just uses the bathroom. Really? Why does he care? <laughs> oh, it's very important to Doug. <laughs> it's very important to Doug. Right. So he waits in line or? Well, he'll kind of wait in line. He'll kind of poke around and see if he wants a blueberry muffin and then he'll dart into the oh washroom. My God, that's it's so, so funny. Kind. But, it, it is a little different. It's yeah. a, it's a lighter water. It doesn't bloat you. They break down the, the 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 water molecules. They actually break them down and reconstruct them, and they actually physically put more oxygen in each molecule. That's why you got to pee faster because it's going through your blood system. I heard Elliot Friedman say on multiple occasions, like Kipper, what the hell is in this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. Nick, it's absolutely true. Uh, we're honored that you came. We're on the, the stories were unbelievable, and uh, you know. I, I hope this is not the last time because it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, have fun going into the yeah. World Cup. I know it's going to be an extra long season for you. Thank you for making time for All us right, today. All right, guys. Really, really a pleasure coming there and uh, shooting the shit with you guys. It was a lot of fun. We got him to swear. There yes. you go. <laughs> and my kids aren't around. <laughs> Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.